Welcome to Secondhand Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Mountain Sage. Joining me. And as always, for the past two episodes, (laughs) it's Biggie Size. (laughs) The the true star of the show, really. Oh, geez. No, (laughs) no way. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm getting caught by lungs out. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, everybody. Uh, my I don't remember even we even talked about it last time. I've got a massive pneumonia infection in my lungs, and uh, can't stop coughing. So that's where I'm at in life right now. You've got that black lung. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I'm I'm down to to one lung basically. So can't breathe. I was going to go camping the other day, and I was like, you know what, maybe that's not a good idea to go Ooh. hiking out in the middle of the woods. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, especially with spring happening and all that pollen. Ooh. Yeah, that's the least of my worries right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just the pollen. <laughs> what have you been up to, Biggie? What have you been doing the last two weeks? Oh, man, not much. Uh, really, I was just doing a shit ton of work <laughs> and not being able to play a whole lot. But when I have gotten to play, I finally finished up Mass Effect, the entire series. I finished Andromeda. I can't remember if last week, I don't think I'd finish it at that point. But yeah, I've got to say, I think, it. yeah, I think I was, I was still going about it. And I, you know what? I think I might have to say it's either my second or third favorite Mass Effect game. I think second. Honestly, personally, I think I enjoyed it more than Mass Effect 2 in some ways. Two? Really? I, shockingly, yes. That what? Is shocking. Yeah, and I still kind of fight with it. Like, two's it, either going to take the second spot or the third spot compared to Andromeda. I'm not sure which way they <laughs> fall because they're both such interesting games. I just, I like the pacing of Andromeda. Uh, more, it has a slow ass start that's just not all that interesting. But once you really start getting into it around the somewhat to the midway point of the game, the characters and the situations just start becoming a little more interesting on like a different level. And uh, I really, really like that. And by the end, I was just so sad to see it all just wrap up. And I'm, I, they've already said another Mass Effect game is coming, quote unquote. I'm positive it's not going to be Andromeda since it kind of flopped. Um, And I guess with that in the back of my mind, because it kind of lends itself to a sequel, I know that sequel is probably not going to happen. So it it kind of gave me a heavy heart. (laughs) But but no, it was good. I I really enjoyed it. But uh, now I picked up uh, playing through the Deus Ex series again. I'm starting with Human Revolution and going to go into the next one. After that, I'm probably going to play through the original Deus Ex. So I'm just kind of on like a franchise tear. Like I'm just wanting to go through all my favorite franchise again. And uh, good times. Have some old memories. <laughs> I want to do something like that. My attention span is gone, though. Like I can't. <laughs> I can't sit and play games like I used to be able to. I actually have I, a. Yeah. I was going to say I have a uh, a mental health evaluation appointment in June. And I'm going to try to get, like, uh, ADHD medicine. Because, like, I can't pay attention to uh, fucking anything anymore, man. Like, I I can't sit and watch movies hardly. I can't play games. I can't 
<laughs> I can't read books. <laughs> like I'm always just moving around. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that would definitely help. Kind of get you yeah. zoned in on whatever you're wanting to embrace. Yeah, they were like, "What do you? What do you think you need ADHD medicine?" I was like, "I can't talk to people <laughs> like really well anymore because like I'll." Like, uh, my boss at work, like, I'll be having a conversation with him, and, like, I'll just stop paying attention to what he's saying in the middle of, like, our conversation. And I'm like, that's probably not good. <laughs> well, hopefully that'll work out. Yeah, I can definitely see that being very frustrating. Yeah, but I don't think well, I've, I've played playing? a... Uh, I haven't really played much of anything in the last couple weeks. I played a... Uh, some more Terraria. Uh, we're at the basically end of that. And um, some more EverQuest. Although I kind of fell off that train. Uh, I convinced myself to stop playing. And, uh, yeah, I haven't done too much recently. Um, I've basically been just conked out on medicine for like the last week and a half. Um, I was fairly disappointed with Mortal Kombat 11 when that came out. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm one of the people, like, uh, the, you know, I'm fine with, like, the fighting aspect of Mortal Kombat, but I always, like, for me, I play Mortal Kombat for, like, the story. I've always been interested in the story of Mortal Kombat. And, um, this one just hasn't done it for me. Like, 10. 10 didn't do it for me either. Interesting. Yeah, like uh, Mortal Kombat 9 was fantastic. I thought it was probably oh my the best God. game in the franchise. It was so good. It deserved like every bit of praise it got. That story was so much fun. And like yeah. it teetered that because Mortal Kombat is just a cheesy concept. So yeah. you can't take it too seriously. And it just like it kept that balance of like being serious when it kind of needed to be yet embracing that cheese just so so well and uh everything i saw from 10 and 11 with the story just felt like it was either taking itself way too serious or uh it was so cheesy to the point that i just couldn't even get invested it just didn't keep that same balance well uh, i mean there's there's four things that i like in a mortal kombat game it's uh Super violent, which, uh, you know, Eleven has. It's got that. Uh, fuck, what are the other three? See, this is why I need that attention <laughs> medicine. <laughs> uh, I had them in my head before I started saying it. Hold on. Uh... <laughs> oh, it's just boy, gone man. now. You need uh, to send this in as exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I still think I have three of them if I can get through it without coughing. Uh, but then I also like the story, which 10 and 11 didn't really have. Oh, I remember. Uh, style, which they oh, don't yes. really have. Because all the characters, like, you know, in Mortal Kombat, like, they're, like, usually colorful and there's a bunch of crazy, like, fucking backgrounds and shit. But, like, in 10 and especially 11, the characters are all wearing like uh it's like green and gray camouflage kinda. 
Like half the right. characters are in like the special forces, quote unquote. So they're all dressed the same. So the style aspect's been going down. And then I like characters to be sexy. And that might make me a bad person, I guess. But in nine, you know, there was a lot of cleavage. It was great. All that stuff, jiggle physics, you know. And especially in 11, they just, I don't know, like all the characters are covered up. Even like the male characters, they're like, uh, Liu Kang, give them a, like a vest and stuff. Like, I don't know. I like sexy characters. Sure, sure. It's, this is cheesy schlock that should not be taken in any other context. It's cheesy, not serious, should be somewhat provocative and may, maybe even a little bit, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of make you mad, maybe. You know, it's, it's like a grindhouse film, exploitative yeah. film. And yeah. I agree. That's why I kept hearing was they were trying to cater to people. And that's, that's okay. But when it starts getting to the point that you're alienating your franchise, like what you are, I, I think maybe you've just gone a bit too far because I could just go get that anywhere else. I want <laughs> combat for the, you know, for the raunchy, uh, shitty story that's interesting enough to keep me invested. You know, don't 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 go too far the other direction. Yeah, like in Mortal Kombat Nine, the story was just great because it's like all the main characters that you like. And stuff like that. I really think the with uh, it started in ten, the introduction of uh, people call them the combat kids. I think I don't like any of them, <laughs> and I don't like <laughs> the uh, story set like twenty years in the future or whatever. Um, right. So it's like Cassie Cage, uh, Jax's kid, whatever the fuck. And then there's the uh, two other ones who I don't even think are in Eleven because like they, they just were like, yeah, fuck them, whatever, just get them out. <laughs> and but yeah, it's you know in in Nine it was uh, fun and ridiculous, and in Eleven like basically every time people were getting ready to fight, they're like, I'm fighting for my family, and the other person yeah. is like, but your motivations are misplaced, so I'm going to fight you, and it's like that just repeated over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Plus Ronda Rousey's voice acting. Oh yeah, that was shocking. I I don't know that that blew my mind. I thought people were joking that I didn't know she was the actual voice actor. I thought she just sounds like Ronda Rousey. You're like, oh, well, that's weird. Let's just be a shitty voice actor. No, it is Ronda Rousey. Oh God, who, I didn't who even that was a good idea. I didn't even know she was going to be in the game. And and then like I was watching it and I was like, oh, Sony doesn't sound very good. And then they're like, uh, I was watching Guido, and he's like, yeah, it's Ronda Rousey. I was like, why? <laughs> like, why did they get her? But <laughs> it was just like, I'm not going to fight them. It's just like the most, like, <laughs> I feel like I could have done a better job, and I've never had you any acting have. lessons. You could have. <laughs> well, it's, you've got a good, like, voice, you know, for, for like, radio or even podcasts or whatever. You, you've got that. She doesn't. You know, you can do all the tricks you can to, you know, make someone sound better. But if they just don't actually have the talent to convey emotion other than just monotone, you, you, you can't you can't fake that. You know, you got to just have it or be trained enough to be able to get by. And I agree. Everyone else sounds fantastic. She just sounds like she came in one afternoon, and did her lines, which is probably kind of what probably what happened. Yeah, it's, it's like she phoned it in. 
Exactly. And, or and she just doesn't have you, the talent. Thank you for to the compliment. Oh, you're welcome, man. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> but yeah, everyone else was fine. It's just her. She's it's just a very wooden performance. Right. Uh, right. Not great. Well, it's probably just the you know the the cycle for Mortal Kombat. You know, we've had prior to nine, they were all like okay to complete garbage for a while and then nine came around just kind of wiped the slate clean it's like okay this is a new beginning for moral combat for the 3d age and you know it's probably just going to happen again in another you know nine uh installments until we just have that moment again you know it's such an old franchise you know you can only keep you can only have so many good ones until it just starts becoming shitty and then you just gotta have that clean slate again so it, yeah. it's it's kind of amazing the series is still going on and it's still relevant today. That kind of amazes me if you look at how old it is and look at other games around that time that you know we probably you know don't remember. And this one stayed around and still became still is relevant for fighting games. You can't talk fighting games without <laughs> mentioning Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah. So who knows? Maybe they'll uh, turn around. You know, with all the uh, some bad publicity they've gotten maybe they'll take it to heart for the next one yeah and to be fair to the game i didn't play it i just watched um guido basically play it i had it pre-ordered and installed and when i basically just watched him play through the whole story and i was like i think i'm just gonna refund it because i basically got (laughs) what i wanted out of it by watching him play it and um (laughs) from what i understand the the gameplay itself is very good but um, that's not really why I go to Mortal Kombat games, so, like, I, yeah. it would be fun to play for a while, but, eh. I, yeah, I agree. You know, I, I like the, the x-ray mechanic for nine. I thought, like, oh, that's so much fun, but at this point, like, how many more times can you show someone getting their guts punched out? Like, you, you know, you got the quality a bit, but it's kind of just the same thing over and over, and, like, out of the fighting, that's... That's okay, but I just don't know if I want to go through all of that again. And then I agree, like maybe the story is what will kind of get me get me over the edge to, to buy it and check it out. But yeah, after watching Guido and hearing other people's thoughts on it, uh, nah, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Yeah. I hope they change it up for the next one. Yeah, yeah, they they need to. The just relying on the X ray stuff is it's okay I, for me. It was a fun novelty, but even in nine, I felt like it slowed down fights too much. <laughs> yeah. And that just kind of got on my nerves a bit. And but still at that time it was the novelty. And now it's just kind of for me, it's wore off. I'm not interested in seeing someone's nuts getting blown inside of their uh pelvis anymore. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I still want to see it. But I'm tired of them talking <laughs> about their fucking families. I don't care about your families. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about as me, Cassie Cage. As me nuts as I destroyed in nine, how in the world do they still have families? <laughs> yeah, I don't care about Cassie Cage. I don't care about Jax's kid, who I can't remember. They all suck. They're all generic. And they're trying to make Cassie Cage like the hot one of the series, but she looks like a gas station worker. No, give me Katana wearing her bikini like in nine. Right, right. That's what I want. Uh, Let's see. What else? Uh, 
another kind of disappointing game. It's just kind of been a two weeks of like disappointing stuff for me. Um, days gone for PS4. Ooh, yeah, yeah, man, that that was a big ball ball puncher, you know, like that game had so much hype behind it. And, it did um, for a while, and then it just kind of went away, like before the game actually came out. And then I think they just knew that it was just kind of generic by the end of it, and so they stopped hyping it up. It's too late, you know. And it, it to you can make any. It's too late to hey, good good reference. Uh, you know, <laughs> you the mechanic, the whole thing looked like the story didn't look all that interesting it could work but it was just one of those kind of generic um i'm this guy living in this world okay that's great hopefully they'll be able to do something more than that but it looks like that's kind of all it was a dude who's a biker guy living in a post-apocalyptic world with zombies or freakers where the hell they were calling them and yeah, just some freakers. stuff happens freakers that's right and like okay well that's that's fine i guess because then the whole zombie horde thing's kind of played its... It, it's blown its load. You know, we don't really care that much anymore. There's a lot of games that already do it really well. And apparently this game did not um, either reinvent it or add much more to it. And I that's think it, disappointing. I think it, uh, it, it didn't even really do it. Like, um, I haven't played it yet because Corey bought the game. So I was like, well, I'm not going to buy it then. I'll just wait till he's done. But I've been sure. watching him play it. and. Um, like in the all the trailers for the game, there's like a huge horde of zombies and stuff, and like I haven't seen a fucking horde of zombies yet. Like I don't really? know if they are even in the damn game because like he's been playing it for a while and like like just don't show up. It'll be like a group of like five or ten, but they just not like the one where they're stumbling over each other and shit like they showed. And huh. Let's see, that's so crazy because that's the like that was the selling point. Yeah, for that the was whole the thing. selling point of the whole thing. And yeah, so like, I mean, maybe it comes in later in the story. I don't know, but yeah, just like out in the open world, like it just I haven't seen it. And then there's shit like, uh, man, like the it's just generic all over, just kind of open world. Like, go here, do the thing, whatever. Uh, it's got like stealth mechanics, but they're, it's the stealth mechanic where you can literally just run up to something and hit it. Like they won't notice you for shit. Um, there's the the main character is annoying. He talks to himself all the fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Like instead of just having like a, like a quest objective, like in the side of the screen, like a quest journal or whatever, the character just tells you and reminds you of what you're doing. Like every five seconds. So, like, you'll just be going somewhere. He's like, got to get in that house and kill them zombies. <laughs> but, like, then you'll, you'll crouch down in, like, five seconds. He'll just be like, them zombies in that house got to die. <laughs> it's like, I get it. All right. <laughs> like, you don't have to fucking keep going with it. <laughs> and then a weird thing, the zombies build nests like bird nest. Like, you walk into a house and, like, the zombies built, like, a, it's like a doorway covered in twigs and stuff. So it looks like a Whoa. sideways bird nest for some reason. Oh. Yeah, it's just fucking weird, man. It's not Ooh, very now that's good. interesting. <laughs> I I like I like that idea. I'm I'm guessing they don't acknowledge it at all. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm not the one playing it, so like if they do, 
acknowledge it. I haven't seen it, but they might have, or it might come up later in the story why they do that. I don't know. But I hope it does. Like, okay, so zombies are building nests in houses. Okay, what if, like, the apocalypse or, like, the zombie thing was caused by, like, bird flu? And they, we just didn't understand how bird flu worked. So it just made them start <laughs> acting like birds. <coughs> that would Maybe. be fun. I mean, like, then they can just call them bird brains instead of zombies. Ooh, see, that's so much better. That's already a better <laughs> story than most. Like, do something. Give me something to care about. At least make me laugh oh, no. at it. Make me uh, think about it. You know, something. That's one thing I love so much about this. Uh, not This Is Us. That's the TV show. Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um was how it was all caused by what was it uh like it bacteria like fungus. or fungus yeah, yeah that's cool it's, like it's like oh my god plants are kind of turning us into these crazy zombie things that's freaky i love plants i love yeah. eating them and now they're trying that's to kill I, me i love eating plants <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Biggie, <laughs> <laughs> that's why the happening was so good Oh boy! Oh, I finally, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, sir. That is true. Like I just stare and look at my asparagus. I'm like, motherfucker! I gotta end you before you end me. Yeah, don't make me kill myself. Don't make me climb a tree and wrap an extension cord around my neck. These exactly. wily plants. But yeah, it is disappointing. You know, I. I hate the shit on new IPs because we get so much of the same stuff over and yeah. over again. But if, but if they take a new IP and then they just do the same old shit with it, then, I mean, there's nothing special about it anyway. Exactly. You're, you're totally right. You know, same same with movies, same with games. You know, if you're just, you know, making a brand new name, but just using the same coat of paint as any other game, then, you know, what's the difference? You might as well just, you know, slap you know call of duty on it and just you know and be be done with it if you're just gonna make another shooter that's just like call of duty same way with the zombie game and it's disappointing and i can understand the reasoning widespread appeal you know most bang for your buck but it is still just kind of a disappointment yeah and uh cory has also said uh big criticism from him that uh the motorcycle that you drive controls just like the one in uh ride to hell Oh, snap. Wow. <laughs> that is saying a lot. Yeah. So he's not a fan of how it drives. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think that's about it for stuff we played this week uh, or two weeks, unless you've got something else. No, not really. There's there's just not much I'm looking forward to at this point. Uh, you yeah. know, I look at the release calendar. I'm I just nothing. I'm I'm really all that crazy about at this point. Really, I kind of hate feeling that way. It really is kind of empty for like the rest of the year, <laughs> which is not a good sign. Um, oh, it's really not. It's I'm not real good. RPGs. I was hoping at least we get start seeing some. Oh, what I am interested in is that they're releasing Octopath Traveler for PC. I am very excited to play that. Yeah, I've kind of wanted to play that. Like, I have a passing interest in it. It looks very pretty, and I hope... I don't know anything about the story. I'm hoping that there is at least somewhat interesting story there to match the visuals. 
uh, that'd probably be the one thing that would keep me from doing it because visuals can only last so long for me until I'm like, I need something to really sink my teeth in. But as much praise as that game has gotten, I'm I'm very interested in trying it. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. I could I could get it for Switch. I just haven't. Um, there's there's a couple games on my list that I still need to play. Um, the two expensive big ones. Uh, I want to play the new Devil May Cry still. Mm, uh, yeah. And there's a city building game called like Anno 1880, which is a oh, very yeah. good looking game. Uh, it's on the Epic Store. I had uh, picked it up. Megan loved playing the old Anno game. I can't remember which one she had played, but we picked that one up. And I think she, what was your thoughts about Megan? You liked it. Okay. Didn't you? Yeah. The new Anno. Oh, okay. She, yeah. She said it's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, it see, that's nice. what I, I was like, this looks okay. Like I could probably play this a good, like 10 or 15 hours, but I'm like, I don't think I want to spend $60. Like, I don't know if that's a $60 game. Right. And uh, I got a couple ones that I already have. I just haven't played them. Like uh, Sekiro, I still need to beat. I haven't really played that in a couple weeks. Same with uh, Breath of the Wild. I just kind of put them down when I was doing other stuff and haven't picked them back up. And I've got one unique game. Uh, Let me see what it was called. Hypnospace Outlaw, which I have installed and I just haven't played it yet. But it looks really interesting it's um it does look interesting it's like you're a detective but you're in the 90s and the whole thing is like through like you're doing your detective work like basically on the internet but it's all so it's all like 90s browsers and shit yeah like it's it might as well just be like a uh 90s fan service or something (laughs) like you can customize your desktop and uh play music through winamp and shit like that so yeah it's um i've heard good things about it i've got it installed i just haven't had a good time to start it i thought about streaming it but i don't want to fucking just cough my lungs out while i'm playing a game oh yeah bless your heart Uh, wow that game does look very nice yeah i think it's only i think it's only like 15 bucks or something so Ooh. yeah it's a uh, it's interesting looking uh i might i might play it some um uh, within the next two weeks and uh give it an update on the next podcast cool sounds great uh well speaking of disappointments i saw some marvel movies this week oh man oh we're gonna we're gonna uh, butt heads on this then uh <laughs> have you seen Endgame yet I have. Saw it yesterday. Okay. Well, for everybody listening, uh, I want to talk about it. So, in-game spoilers. I'll put a fucking thing in the description, and uh, I guess I'll put a little insert before the podcast starts. So, if you don't want in-game spoilers, then skip us talking about it. Uh, First, though, I saw Captain Marvel, and I fucking hated it. (laughs) I thought uh, it was one of the worst Marvel movies. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, what was your big? Uh, what was the big negative? Brie Larson. Okay, <laughs> that's mostly, fair. Um, 
she... I was confused about, like, to be fair, I haven't seen her in any other movies. But I was like, how the fuck did she get, like, a role? Like, what casting person, like, had her read lines with her fucking no facial expression and no emotion at all? And was like, you're perfect. Like, who picked her? Right. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you there. When we talked about it on the pod, I, that was probably one of my bigger complaints was just how boring uh, she was. I mean, her her role in it was serviceable. That's about the best I could really say. Slight moments where I was like, wow, she's kind of cool. But those are very slight moments. And the rest of the time it was being carried by Samuel L. Jackson. He was yeah, by but, far the most interesting. He was. But she she literally had. Uh, I don't even know if you would say three facial expressions because one of her facial expressions is the lack of facial expression. So she had a smirk squinting at people or just completely fucking blank. And that was it. And I saw her in Endgame and it was the same thing. She smirked at Thanos. She squinted at Thor when he walked up to her. And the rest of the time, nothing. Just nothing. You could fucking replace her with a mannequin with like a voiceover dub. There was just yep. nothing there at all. <laughs> yep. I I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. And uh hold on. Oh god. Uh, I'm gonna see just thinking about it, it's making me cough. Um other complaints, uh, I'll get to the political stuff in a minute, but other complaints just about the movie. Um, I was looking forward to like some good 90s set pieces, like uh, when she crash landed and she went through the blockbuster. I was like, okay, cool, there's going to be like some good like 90s stuff going on, like these like cool 90s in San Francisco or whatever the fuck set pieces or LA or wherever they were. And instead, it was just like she crashed through the blockbuster. Then it's highway chase or highway chase, um, underground government base, uh, house in like the swamp of like Louisiana, and then space. Like w- once the they showed the blockbuster sign, there was no other '90s shit basically at all. There was those couple little things like she her wearing like a nine inch nail shirt, and then the thing with like the computer loading at the end. But there were no fucking, like, good 90s set pieces that they had, aside from, like, right at the beginning. Yes. Yes. <sighs> they could have done a bit more. Um, how do I word it? Like, the whole film, it felt kind of funky because it was supposed to be kind of a fish out of waters, at least with her dropping through the, the blockbuster. Like, okay, you know, she is human, at least we find that out for certain later, but she's just kind of a fish out of water. You know, she acts weird. She looks weird. She says weird things. And then you've got Samuel L. Jackson just being like, Hey, what's your problem? You're a weirdo. Let's do this thing together. And I'm like, okay, great. That's an interesting setup. Uh, but then when you start like looking specifically at her, I agree. She's boring, uninteresting, and except for blowing up a whole bunch of stuff and doing some neat stuff with her power, she's kind of she's kind of a wet blanket through the entire thing. Like I'd rather really just watch Samuel L. Jackson uh, just yeah, I wrote it. being funny. It just yeah. it, I agree, it doesn't work. Um, 
her just as a as a character she's not very neat and then she becomes op as hell and like eh, i just don't i don't give yeah, a fuck. like immediately like she just yes. she's like i'm gonna take the thing off my neck and then it's just she's just like full control over her powers fucking no problem at all right and, right oh man what else uh yeah there's not much to say about captain marvel the whole thing was just it was a very it felt very throwaway it was just we need to explain her and how she came about and how powerful she is and that's kind of it and i guess also introduce the kree and all those people because i expect they're going to play a bigger role in the future yeah they probably will but um the other thing is <laughs> I'm probably going to get in trouble for it. Well, no one listens to this podcast, so I think I'm safe. But uh, <laughs> the whole thing was basically identity politics, the movie or the superhero movie, I guess. Because like after I watched it, I went back and listened to uh, your podcast about it. And you said you didn't notice the uh, political stuff in it and how did you not man <laughs> like it was so on the nose <laughs> I, I just i guess maybe i just wasn't tuned into it like i i guess first of all i'm not really going into my marvel films to start thinking about like gender equality and stuff like I that don't either, so maybe but I, like, just... I, I can compartmentalize that stuff usually it's like all right brie larson basically said she uh the movie's not for like white people or whatever the fuck she said on twitter like outside of that like i can ignore her but like going in the movie like they just kept reminding you of shit <laughs> like the whole time like every time you see her going stuff like even even like when they first introduced the character they're like control your emotions you're too emotional it's like okay they're saying that because she's a woman like i get it and then it's like uh uh the fucking when she's having her flashbacks and it's like you know why they call it a cockpit right <laughs> you see i just i don't take it that way like the whole emotional thing like i was like okay well this is kind of a dumb way of starting your movie but also i guess i'm kind of emotional too i should probably control my emotions a bit but then the whole all, cockpit thing but, i'm like what a shitty line it's funny but god it's such crappy yeah, I just, every, I everything they were doing was because she's a woman that was the whole part of the movie it's like she's a woman so they're telling her control your emotions because she's a woman uh don't go too fast on the go-kart like her dad that fucking thing because you're a girl uh you're not gonna make it in flight school you're a girl uh they know why it's a cockpit right which was just the dumbest fucking line uh because she's a woman <laughs> even like when she crash lands on earth and like the guy on the motorcycle comes up to her and he's like Hey, smile for me, honey. And it's like, oh, I get it. Cause like, that's the fucking thing that like women complain about a lot is being told to smile more. And it's just like, it's just like every five minutes, it's like, they're trying to nudge the audience and be like, she's a girl, right? Right guys. It's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> but what about as a character? Like, what else do you have? And there was nothing. It's, <laughs> it's I, like I her, her superpower and her character, like with all the other uh, Marvel characters, it's like they have something that makes them unique or some kind of virtue or struggle that like everybody can relate to in some way. But for Captain Marvel, it's like half the movie and it's almost like half her superpower that the mo movie made it seem like was that she was a woman. And it's just like, I couldn't ignore it because it was so on the nose. Even like the last fight that they were going to have, like, her against Jude Law, 
where I was like, uh, this is the part where she's going to like, uh, you know, kind of put her powers in check and she's going to like beat him down and it'll be like, you know, like I finally overcame you and it'll be like a cool choreographed fight. And even then they just had her blast him away. And it was, she was like, I don't have anything to prove to you. And in my head, I was like, she's saying this cause she as a woman has nothing to prove to a man. And they ruined another potential good fight, another potential what would have been a redeeming point of this movie to fucking make a political statement. And I hated it. I hated everything about it. And no, I didn't pick up on any of that stuff. I guess <laughs> it was it was so filled with it. You didn't pick up like where she's like gets her powers and she's fighting the people at the end and is playing I'm just a girl. Like it's playing that song. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I did. I did hear that. Song. I guess I just didn't really think about like a like. Yeah, I guess she is a girl. That's kind of cool. I was I, trying I to ignore it so hard, and I couldn't because they kept just reminding me. <laughs> well, I just, I guess my problem was I kept on trying to figure out uh, how the Kree and those other guys from the Guardians of the Galaxy were involved. I had a lot more questions about plot. <laughs> like how everything's connected and then like wow i hope i hope she gets better in the next movies because she's boring as hell i hope and, she does too and uh really that do. she kind of got better in endgame because she was barely in it <laughs> and i guess that's probably for the best i got uh, actually angry whenever she showed up in endgame the only part I liked that I was like, that's really cute, was when she shows up to Peter Parker and he's like holding for dear life the Infinity Gauntlet. He's just like, hi, I'm Peter Parker. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, hi there, Peter Parker. Like, that's cute. I like that exchange. Why can I see more of that? Uh, I didn't that's like just kind it. of adorable. You didn't, I didn't like, like it, it so because I, every time she fucking showed up, I didn't like it. Because, uh, like, as soon as she showed up and saw Peter Parker, I was like, there's her dumb fucking smirk, her one one out of three <laughs> facial expression. And then she's like, you got something for me, kid? It's like, shut the fuck up, Brie Larson. <laughs> <It's fucking laughs> non-actor. You, you, just, you just hate women. That, that's your problem. I do. You, you every just... time, and every time I have to bring it up, this, that's what <laughs> they're like. You just hate women. I was like, no. Like, this kind of stuff is going to make me. It's going to make me into, like, a fucking alt-right guy. Because every time I have to fucking see a movie and they bring this shit up and it drives me nuts. Well, I'll have to say you brought up some very good points and that's just stuff I didn't. I guess I just didn't connect in Captain Marvel, but I definitely see your point. Um, look at it in that light. It is very on the nose and probably a, a little too obvious about what they're trying to, to say. And I just don't really, you know, it's this is a whole series about punching a purple space monster in the face. I don't really you know, if you're trying to make some sort of political point, I'm not really interested. You know, I, there, there's other films out there that do a much better job of doing that, that don't involve punching a purple space monster in the face because he got more rocks than you. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just not the right place. I, if they want to, like, if they could just do it well, like, I wouldn't even mind. But it's just like, it's just... I don't know, maybe if they had, like, a, a better actress that could, like, pull it off, like, pull off being charming and, like, sure. believable. Like, um, the first half of the movie, I did think she was an alien because I was like, man, no human acts like this. 
So I sure. thought she was doing a very convincing job of just like not acting human at all. <laughs> but then it revealed she was human. <laughs> so, yeah, I hated it. It was like bottom bottom of the barrel Marvel movies for me. Yeah, I put it down there. It's is I totally agree with you there. As a film, it was not that great. The only thing that kept it going was Samuel L. Jackson being interesting and kind of charming, and then her being kind of a weirdo, and them just together making an interesting character. And that's yeah. uh, that's about it. Because every scene where she was on her own or dealing with other people like in her team and stuff, it was a snooze fest, but it was fun seeing them sneak around and doing things. That was kind of fun, but that was a smaller part of the film. Yeah. That was, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson definitely was the best thing in the movie, but they did look like a good job de-aging them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It looked pretty good. uh, I don't think any amount of Samuel L. Jackson could save that. So, no, (laughs) Hopefully, I'm I'm hoping she'll have her Winter Soldier moment, which is, I think I mentioned it a little bit in that episode, because uh, the first Captain America, I loved it. It's probably one of my top three favorite Marvel films, but I will say Captain America in that movie was a bit of a snooze fest, but at least everything else with the interesting bad guy and all that stuff kept it going, uh, but... Yeah, I, I liked all the Captain America movies. Um, I'm more worried that it's just going to be like Thor, where um, the one of the things I really like about the Captain America movies is like the fight choreography and stuff is really good. Like in right. uh, Winter right. Soldier, like there's like a, they're having like a fucking knife fight on the street and it's awesome, and it's like really right. good. And it's because Chris Evans and the other guy, or at least their stunt doubles, are. Uh, capable of doing that and like with the Thor movies like you don't have like you have like these cool moments but you don't have like a good fight scene or anything and with Captain Marvel uh, I think it's going to be the same because I think it's just going to be her with her powers just blasting people right right and so I don't I don't think you're going to have like in and who would be her Bucky unless Nick Fury himself like turned evil for some reason I don't know I I don't think it's going to happen uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right. She may not have that point. You know, maybe it's just a completely different story arc where somehow she becomes a more interesting character, like how Captain America did. Uh, but it, it may not happen. There may just not be anything there. Maybe they're trying to make that for her, but she just needs she needs to be a side character, like how, um, oh, she what's his name? Doctor Strange is or... Uh, how I feel Spider-Man should be. Yeah, uh, well, they're going to they're gonna be like the new main kind of cast of the uh, Avengers or the Marvel Universe. It's going to be like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and I guess still Guardians of the Galaxy, like those five. Right. And, you know, so I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to carry the MCU like the other guys. No, no, I, I totally agree. I guess moving more in the end game now, um, yeah. I really feel it capped off the series the best you possibly could, in my opinion. And I kind of view uh, Infinity War and Endgame kind of being the same film. And maybe I talk about my feelings uh, after Infinity War. Like I was just like I was punching the gut. I guess we all felt that way at the very end of Infinity War. Like we just... I walked out of the theater silent. Like I am so 
sad how that ended, but I loved how they did it. Like I was really shocked that they went that somber route for the end of that film. And I like going into Endgame, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get back into that emotional state. I was, you know, it's yeah. been a year. Uh, you know, they're gonna have to start this film somehow, and I just don't think they're gonna get me back to that moment. But oh my god, did they? Uh, yeah, the, the I opening, was the opening with Hawkeye was great. Oh, it was so, oh God, it was so sad. Like it's, I loved how simple it started him just teaching his daughter how to do archery. And then right when she shot the arrow and walked off screen, I was like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Because he's a good actor. He is. Jeremy Renner. That's his name. Is that right? I think Uh, so. Yeah. I can't remember people's names. I can't either, but he's he's a solid actor. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to start crying. He's going to be so sad. And that's exactly what happens. They all just kind of they they get taken. And uh, it was such a great way of starting that film. So simple. And I was already starting to get misty eyed and I stayed misty eyed through about the entire film with with tears just running down my eyes every (laughs) like 30, 40 minutes because something happened. Um. Uh, maybe controversial thing on my part, which, you know, fucking making a pattern here where I say things that kind of go against the grain sometimes. Um, I really liked the beginning with Hawkeye and then like the next 20 minutes, I thought they ruined the movie and I was wondering how they were going to salvage it. So I was kind of in that mindset for a lot of it. (laughs) Really? What? uh, Yeah. What happened? Um, Well, first Captain Marvel showed up. Um, so yeah, immediately I was like, okay, great. And, um, but yeah, the whole thing with, um, like, okay, they're all back together and then they were immediately off to kill Thanos basically, um, after like minimal planning and stuff. And, uh, he's like, half of them is charred. Like he can't really even put up a fight anymore. And then he's dead. Like they kill him on his garden planet, whatever it is. And the stones are gone. And I was like, I was like, I thought Thanos was by far the best villain out of any of the Marvel movies so far. Like in Infinity War, like I fucking loved Infinity War. It's probably like maybe my number one Marvel movie, maybe two, like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, Thanos is so good because... The thing that makes, like, a good villain, especially in the Marvel Universe, is Thanos made a logical argument for why he wanted to do what he did. And the Avengers made a moral one. So you had two things that were correct, kind of, that were clashing together. And that made, like, such a good dynamic. Like, especially, like, and then Thanos is, like, physically imposing, and he's got all the Infinity Stones... So you've got someone, he's basically beat the Avengers, like, strength-wise and philosophically, almost. So I was like, that's really good. And then they killed him at the beginning of the movie, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know. (laughs) It's like, I don't know if, like, this is what I wanted or what I was expecting out of this. (laughs) So, like, then that, so from that moment on, I was just kind of like, how are they going to salvage this for me? Uh, because I really wanted to see <laughs> Thanos more. And um, then they get into the whole fucking time thing, which is, uh, I guess there was no other way to do it. 
But usually, time travel comes up in comic books when writers have written themselves like in a corner, and they and it's like it's considered the lazy way of getting out of it. You know what I mean? Sure. No, I I, I agree with you there. Yeah. So, yeah, I was kind of looking like I wanted to see like um, okay, they got to figure out how to get to Thanos. Um, they're going to find him. He's still going to have the Infinity Gauntlet, or I didn't even know if he would because it looked like it burned up uh, at the end of Infinity War. So I was like, all right, how are they going to handle this? And then it's like, he's dead. Infinity Stone's gone. Time travel. And I'm just like, Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, don't, I don't know if I like any of this. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I guess I didn't view it that way. I'm... <laughs> And I guess going into it, I had no idea what yeah, what I, was I, going I to no happen. Yeah, it's it's like okay, the most logical thing is well, he has the stones at the end. You know, the the thing is get get the gauntlet with the yeah. stones and reverse it. And okay, I'm like okay, that must be what they've got to do. So it was just such a punch to the gut that okay, you've got Captain Marvel. She's super powerful. She should be able to take him on. He's obviously crippled after that experience. They should just take him on, get the gauntlet, and everything's fine. So then when they show up, well, he's got the gauntlet. I love how they did it because it was so ruthless. And in a way, at that point, especially after that opening with Hawkeye being a sad little daddy, I was like, (laughs) yeah, fuck Thanos. Let's go take him down. This is exactly the way I would do it. And you show know, up, but he was—he was, he was such God. a good villain, and he was so important what? in Infinity War. That, and then they just killed him that, in like the first fifteen minutes of the movie. Of course they did, because he killed everybody. The everyone is—that should have been the build-up to the the payoff. <laughs> was but you, what, was but my point. you got it. You you got the best of both worlds. You get there, and you realize that at the end of the film of Infinity War, you're like, okay. Everyone's dead, but we have a chance to just go and face him again and win. But then, because then you got all the theories of the the Ant-Man butthole theory where let's just throw (laughs) Ant-Man in his butthole and blow him up, you know, and like, okay, we got all these things we can do. Oh, within 20 minutes, we're fucked. He just destroyed them all because he is way smarter than we are and way more humble and then Thor just decapitates him because of course he does. He's pissed. He fucked up. So yeah. then at that point, you're like five years later, like, oh my God, they literally have no recourse. And now we have to see what life is like with these guys who are guilt ridden, pissed at themselves, pissed at Thanos, who now they can't do anything to, even at that point of capturing him because he outthought them all. It's over. Now we have to just live life. And that was so painful to just sit and watch. Because even every scene, like with the Hulk, uh, knowing the diner and them just like he's eating all the food. And he's talking about, like, oh, my life's much better now. You still just have this feeling that not it's not really, you know, yeah. it's all it's everything's not OK. And everyone knows it. And everyone is just so down on themselves and I just I loved having those moments because that's how it would feel you know we've had 12 years of everything working itself out in the end and at this point we're like reminded uh, it doesn't always but we do get that spark of hope as we always do and 
I agree with you there. It kind of throws the um the feelings of the film, that emotion in kind of a tailspin because you're like, okay, maybe there is a chance. And ultimately we know at the end there is always a chance. They're gonna fix it. Yeah. Uh but and, still and you, you kind of get that. You knew before the movie anyway, because they released like a Spider Man trailer where Spider Man's already back yeah, anyway. So. That was weird. I didn't like yeah, how they did that. that. Bad timing on that. It it was. That was so weird. Cause that when Guido and I were talking about that, like, oh, that'd be kind of cool if <laughs> if they just like spun that on its head somehow. But but of course they're not. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, but then we go through the time travel plot. But what I did really like about it, and I'm sure it was intentional, was going back to all those pivotal scenes over the past 12 years. I kind of thought to myself, and maybe that's where some of that emotion happened. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, I've I saw all of these moments, experienced all these moments at way different times of my life. And it was kind of interesting to go back and revisit what I thought then compared to what I'm thinking now uh, with what's going on in the plot. And I just found that to be so, so fun and yet just so emotional at the same time to see these characters I've grown with so much and what they're thinking at these points. And um, I mean, maybe it was a bit drawn out, of course, from what they're trying to do ultimately, but I just found it to be so fascinating and fun. Yeah, and, I mean, um, I still think Endgame was a good movie. I just had a lot of problems with it. Like, I would put it in, like, middle-of-the-road Marvel movie as far as things I liked and didn't like. Like, I didn't sure. dislike it, but I didn't think it was great either. And sure. it's like, um... I don't know, the time travel stuff, like, um... Even in the movie, they couldn't explain it, like what, like the reactions and stuff they were having. And there's like right. so many continuity errors that happened with stuff. Like before they all go, and they're like, oh, don't mess with anything in the past. You know, you, who knows what, what could happen if you change things. Then like Captain America fights himself. Uh, <laughs> Nebula literally kills her past self. Thanos of the past is dead. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Tony Stark met his own dad, <laughs> like all this shit. Then at the end of the movie, Captain America went back and literally like lived his entire life, like with, uh, Peggy, <laughs> like so much, they went back and changed so much. <laughs> but that's that, that's that good shit. That's that stuff you want to see, you know? That's not I what I want. Oh, I like, you, don't, I like you do are, not want to see mature Captain America fighting a uh, goody two shoes Captain America. Like that's that's good shit. You won't get to see anywhere else. And the fight was fun too. Like I, I get story wise, it's incredibly hokey and logically doesn't make any sense. But man, we're fighting a purple space guy. <laughs> like let's have a little fun with the story. I, I just, know, but, I, but it's. <laughs> they, to me like all that stuff lessens all the other movies because it's like goes and like retroactively changes stuff that like now when it had an emotional impact like in the past movies like it's lesser now because now time travels the fucking thing and you can just change whatever like fucking <laughs> then so like uh, when Tony Stark lost his parents and then he found out it was uh, Bucky who did it and like they have the big fight in Civil War and it's like this huge conflict that literally like splits the whole fucking Avengers 
And, uh, yeah, fuck it. Now Tony meets his dad and make up and, you know, he, whatever. It's like, it's like the whole thing <laughs> is just like, who, no, now who gives a fuck? Like, whatever. It says, tries to tie it all up in a nice little bow. But by doing that, like, I don't want, like, it shouldn't have been all tied up in a neat bow. Like, <laughs> fucking half of everybody is dead. Like, a bunch of people are dead. All this crazy shit's happening. Like, it's fine if it's a little messy and frayed at the end. Like, it, I don't think it needed to be tied up like that. Interesting. Okay. No, I can see where you're going with that. I, I would agree. In, in retrospect, uh, it, it is tied awfully nice at the end from from compared to the previous film where it felt messy and it felt painful. But, you know... I mean, some bad stuff happens at the end. We lose Tony, and that was emotional. You know, it is good to see these characters at least have some sort of nice conclusion. I don't know if I would have been that thrilled if it ended as as somber as, like, Infinity War did. You know, I do want to see some closure. Yeah, I personally. I agree. And I, like like, I think it needed it, even even though I didn't really like it. Like, I can understand why they did it. So, like, I can't be too mad at it because, like, everybody likes these fucking characters. They want to see them end in, like, the best way. Like, uh, Tony being the hero, even though he died. Uh, you know, he gets to go out being the hero. Captain America got to live the life he never lived. Uh, everybody got their closure, basically. And then the torches were passed to, like, the next generation, quote unquote. Right. Right. And, and it's agreed. I, I was just going to say, it's, it's what they needed to do. I just I don't I know. Feel it's deserved. Like these characters are this franchise would not be as successful as it is in my opinion unless the characters were engaging and well written. Uh of course granted they're superhero characters, they're fantastical, you know, we're not dealing with uh Citizen Kane here or anything, you know, that level of character, but they're still well-made characters who have just gone through these interesting arcs over 12 years. And I yeah. feel like their endings, even though they're maybe a little too nice and neat, are deserved. What sucks is when you have characters who get these nice endings that they're not deserved. You know, they're, they're shittily written, put together, and they just want to end it in the best way possible to keep everyone as happy as possible. These, I feel like they deserve these endings at the end of all this. I may have been a little more upset if they didn't get something that felt satisfying uh, to their character. You know, Captain America, America getting to live life with Agent Carter, you know, makes perfect sense. I agree. Tony Stark dying. It made the most sense for him to die uh, because, you know, although he was a bit of a playboy, a bit of an ass, he had probably the most purest heart of all of them. And uh, see him uh, give himself in that way was very satisfying and very sad. Uh, so I feel like I agree with you. Very schmaltzy, very kind of even cheesy. Uh, but I would definitely say they're deserved because of how well the characters were done over this massive stretch of time. Yeah. Uh, how about this? How about uh, favorite two moments and least favorite two moments of the movie? Oh, I can already say my least favorite. Fucking. Why? Why? Why did um, Doctor Strange have to just hold back water? <laughs> The same reason like, Hulk couldn't even get a fucking punch in to the whole thing. Uh, it sucks. Like, you have this freaking wizard who, uh, 
if there's anyone who is incredibly OP, it's probably Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange. I yeah. mean, they are just completely overpowered. Um, but like that was the one thing I was so excited about because I love the fight in Infinity War with him and Doctor Strange, even though it was very uh short. It was still fascinating because he's just an interesting character. He doesn't really use his fists, he uses his mind and his abilities and makes some fun situations. But at this point, he's just holding back a water tornado. Uh just yeah. uh, like, man, really? That's all he's gonna do. That's all he did. Uh, he teleported everyone in and then he held back water. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like just this big, the most water powerful thing. magical character in the universe. <laughs> he he's holds back water, and that 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 made me angry because uh, I wanted to see something interesting there, other than just everyone punching each other in the face. Because so, that's all we got. Um, I don't know about second one. That's really the only part at this point that really made me mad. Uh, my favorite part was how the camera moved around during uh, Tony Stark's funeral. Uh, That was the part of the movie where I almost started being audibly weeping. uh, And I had to hold it back. Uh, I just, it just hit me so hard. And I don't let let me preface. I don't know anything about comic books. Like I never follow comic books. The only character I knew about remotely was iron man because i love playing all the iron man games on like yeah. the game gear and stuff like that when they came out where he was just a, a fucking nobody right and uh i was, well, I was still a hugely popular comic book character but yeah I, I understand what you're saying yeah yeah exactly you know you if you said name a comic book character at that point people will probably say superman or or maybe Captain America, but Iron Man was not really the, the most prevalent in most in the general audience people's minds, and including myself. True. Um, but to then grow with these characters so much, and then having someone like him pass away, and then seeing the camera move between the franchises, you know, everyone grouped together, was like such a, a capstone to everything that happened that I got to experience. And it just, I, I had a hard time holding back, uh, being kind of sniffling a bit and, and maybe even doing those like deep little breaths you do when you're crying a bit. Uh, that that was powerful. That was probably one of my favorite moments in the whole film. And, um, yeah, yeah. I think other than that, that's, that's about it. Everything else was about on, on level. I was, I was really thrilled with, with everything else. Um, for me, let's see. Least favorite or favorite? Um, well, two of my least favorite moments. Um, first, anytime Captain Marvel was on screen, basically. Of course. Of course. Uh, even the way she shows up, she saves fucking Iron Man at the beginning. But then, like, when the other, like, everyone meets her and they're just like, who are you? And then she's there. She's like, starts walking in. They're like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to kill Thanos. And it's like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> Like, fucking, like, even though the other characters are like, yeah, we all have the fucking hero bit. Like, <laughs> right, right. We're doing that. <laughs> and then at the end, like, I wasn't even thinking about it. And I was like, so into the battle. And like, uh, Thanos' ship, like, when it aims up into the sky, like, everyone's like, what's it doing? And I was like, what is it doing? And then she shows up and goes through the ship. I'm like, oh, fucking God damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, was like, I was like, God, why did you have to fucking show up? 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt that same way. I was like, is, was there a piece of the story I forgot? Is, is there is there someone missing, like a big army or something coming? Like, oh, it's her. Of course, I, I forgot. The one who can go through ships. Yeah, I, I, I don't like that. She She's way too powerful. Like, to be able to just fly through ships, destroy them, then you, who cares how big your ship is at that point? You know? Yeah. But uh, I agree with that. Let's see. Other least favorite part. Um, probably the Fortnite joke. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was kind of cute. It was, it was like kind of adorable, man. It was like fat Thor with a beer gut. I was like, OK, that's kind of funny. But then they're literally playing Fortnite. And I was like, cool product placement. And then it just does the like gamers talking shit to each other. I was like, man, what a fucking like 2005 joke. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> uh, I love that. He's like new slayer. <laughs> like, this is fucking dumb. Oh so- <laughs> uh, yeah, but favorite part was probably I liked uh, Hulk's interactions with the uh, the Doctor Strange lady. I can't think of her name. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, bald-headed lady. Yeah, the bald lady, the uh, the other sorcerer supreme. Like uh I thought they had a, just a great interaction of like Agreed. <laughs> them trying to like him trying to explain the situation and her kind of like explaining why she can't just give the stone over and stuff like it was pretty good. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I think other favorite part is when Captain America picks up the hammer. And like has like his kind of one on one with Thanos. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, and then like it's like everyone's beat, and then it's just like Captain America at the end, like Thanos and his whole army behind him, and then it's just Captain America with the shield like ripped in half, and like he just gets up and you see him like tighten the buckle and like get into a fighting pose, even though he's like half dead basically. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that was badass. And and I kind of I liked it so much cuz you know with the time travel stuff in the past, you kind of for, forget like how far Captain America's come in his whole life, like being an adult during the World War II and now he's <laughs> facing against these like highly technologically advanced space aliens and you're like man this guy you know he was storming normandy not that long ago until he got froze and like now he's standing here and it's like such a journey like he's been through and it's just so neat to see him face off like that Uh, yeah that's especially i think captain america has been my favorite one out of all of them so like to see him get like this moment of uh especially like an infinity war where it's kind of like uh, Iron Man got his moment uh, basically with the standoff and Thanos. It was like him versus Thanos in a 1v1 in that one. And right. uh, yeah, it was a great moment, especially Captain America fan. It was awesome. Absolutely. Okay, oh, I think man. that's enough in game talk. I'm going to put a pin in it. It still hurts. <laughs> it still hurts. Like all yesterday, I was just felt so sad, like just so somber <laughs> after watching. Like I just, I have no interest whatsoever in watching another Marvel movie at this point. Uh, kind of the reasons we talked about before earlier. Um, so I guess it's just, you know, it's the end of an era, you know, 12 years. That's a long time to be invested mm-hmm. in all those characters. And it, it's just like, it's like losing a, a dog or, or losing, you know, something it's, 
it's uh you know you just don't know if you'll ever get that feeling back and but yeah. that's okay i think that's okay it's good for things to end yeah i i agree I, yeah i still remember uh first iron man is uh, when i went and saw it in theaters or eh, theaters it's the only movie i think i've ever been to a theater multiple times to see a movie was the first really? Iron man yeah very interesting I was like, yeah because like you know they hadn't done anything like the marvel movies before like now every movie movie kind of is following the same formula of like big action piece uh comedy fucking all of it thrown together but like when iron man came out like it was just like the trendsetter it did so well that that they did the whole fucking marvel universe on it right <laughs> right no, I, I feel the same way from Infinity War that I, I have a lot of respect for for Disney and their handling with the Marvel. I think we were all insanely skeptical when they spent that much money on Marvel. Like, <laughs> Disney wants Marvel? Like, what? What? Like, of course, there's a lot of franchise opportunities, but I figured it'd just be, you know, crank out these films that have wide appeal and, you know, no real care done to it. Because that's how all superhero movies have been done. Uh, except for probably the Dark Knight series, which was taken very seriously and done very, very well. Yeah. Um, but everything else has just been kind of like, oh, there's a, here, here's this thing. Have fun. Uh, yeah. But for them to just like, I feel like they really, really, except for just some questionable decisions like with Captain Marvel and stuff, uh, they care. And you, I feel like they care with their writing, with their handling of these characters, not just viewing them as being... Uh, uh, things with dollar signs attached to them, you know, but they really care about how the audience feels and want to respect their audience for it. And I just get that feeling and I respect that. I, ha I have a lot of respect for how they've done this. And, um, you know, even though I might not be all that engaged going forward, I, I hope that trend continues. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see how it goes. Um, yeah. I'm, mildly curious about how they're gonna handle the marvel stuff going forward and who's gonna kind of come out in the lead of it and stuff agreed and, uh, agreed yeah i can't believe i have been more interested in marvel compared to star wars i would have never oh, thought man. that i am just i'm so Speaking of over. disappointing <laughs> Man, <laughs> what is happening? Like I, I don't know. you can tell. Like it is not. It, it's shocking that the same parent company is handling both of these monolithic franchises in completely a, a right way. And I'm not going to say wrong, but I will. Uh, okay, okay, you can say <laughs> wrong. I'm going to say potentially misguided way. And um, I'm not sure who to blame because, I mean, it's easy to blame the top people, but these are uh, massive, massive sub companies with a lot of people making a lot of decisions. So I don't want to point that lady who's heading Star Wars. Maybe it's totally her fault. Maybe it's not. Who knows? But um, but something's happening and I'm not sure. Uh, I like it <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's disappointing because we have these characters who are all very interesting. Daisy Ridley's really cute and she does a really good job of, you know, playing this Ray character. I like, um, Adam driver. I think he's a cool bad guy, yeah, but, uh, Flynn, like all the characters are great. 
or yeah, they have the potential are... to be great. But right. They can't it's... write a fucking Star Wars story to save their life. <laughs> well, I, I always think about it, it keeps showing up every single time. Uh, Red Letter Media, I think when they were doing um, Rogue One review on uh, Half in the Bag, uh, I forget the guy's name, the larger guy in it. He said, uh, as large as you would think the Star Wars universe is, it's actually very small when it comes to telling the story. And I think he is so right because people expect Empire, people expect lightsabers, stormtroopers, uh, Jedi. And if none of that's there, then people start saying it's not a Star Wars movie. Where are these things? And he's completely right. And how many ways can you tell a story if you're having to deal with all of those facets? Because that's why you keep coming back to giant space lasers. How else are you going to do it? And I, I totally agree with him. And I think Marvel's shown that, I mean, you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, which is completely out of the mold from the rest of the Marvel films, shows that they have flexibility that Star Wars just doesn't. I and think they do uh, have some flexibility with Star Wars, though. Like, I mean, at least for me, um, um, I don't know if you've ever read like any of the Star Wars books. I never did. No. Um, my favorite Star Wars books have been like uh, the story of Darth Plagueis and uh, who was the Emperor's like master. And um, like Darth Bane, who isn't even like a character that's like introduced in any of the movies, but he's it goes basically from him being like this minor uh, to like becoming like the most powerful Sith Lord and stuff. And like a lot of these stories are like um, the mind games and like political intrigue and talking, like just talking to each other. Like if you have two good characters and they sit there and talk it can be more engaging than these huge space battles that are just fucking mind-numbing oh, sure. CGI. And, Agreed. like, I feel like they have all this in Star Wars, but they just don't fucking know what to do with it. Like, I sure. just don't think they know how to do a Star Wars story because I think they're so afraid that they're like, okay, play it safe. We'll just play it safe. But, like, by playing it safe... Like, how could they piss off fans more than they did with the last movie or the last main movie? <laughs> you know, like, I just like Luke is here. Luke trains the girl. Luke dies. It's like it's a very formulaic thing with Star Wars of, you know, it's like, here's the characters. Uh, fucking like stealth sequence uh, training th montage. Uh, main character dies, like, with the original ones, it was like Obi-Wan Kenobi. With the prequels, it was like Qui-Gon Jinn. And then with the, uh, sequels, it was first Harrison Ford, and then, um, uh, Mark Hamill. And, like, they're just following this kind of formula, but, like, with the other one, they tried to take some liberties, but they were the wrong kind to take of, like... You don't fuck with, like, the fundamentals of the Star Wars universe, really. Which is, like, that's... You take risk with, like, the characters and stuff, but the risks they took were, like, uh, we're gonna fuck around with how, like, space travel works and light speed or hyperspeed or whatever the fuck. And so ships can destroy other ships now. And we're gonna, uh, 
I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but they just yeah, they just fuck it up. And right. I'm almost not really excited at all to see the new one because like it's gonna be the last one. And the first two movies, like I don't even feel like I've set up a um uh the words escaping me. Uh what is it when there's three movies? <laughs> like uh uh, a trilogy? Yes, trilogy. It did, like they don't even feel like a coherent trilogy because the first one was basically just a retelling of New Hope. Right. The second one was just a huge fucking mess. And so like I can only see the third one is like okay, we need to fix the fuck-ups of the second movie. Is like the best they can do. But like none of them feel like this big overarching thing. Like because right. This third movie is supposed to be just like, okay, put the bow on the trilogy, like wrap everything up, but they need to use it to just fix all the fuck ups. Right. So I, I just don't know how they're going to do it. I wondering the exact same thing. I, in the uh, last Jedi episode, uh, I was very controversial in that. I loved the last Jedi. <laughs> Love oh, yeah, maybe a bit strong. <laughs> I was just talking. I was like a like-minded person who hated it, just like me. No, I, well, there's there's plenty of them, and and I'm not gonna necessarily say I'm right in in what I think. It's it's just it's a feeling, you know. I the movie had some major major problems in that uh, motivation, probably being one of the biggest ones. Uh, pacing as well as to some of the screenplay items that were going on were <laughs> messy. I think the biggest one, like what you mentioned with the uh, hyperspace stuff, was uh, felt very thrown in for convenience when they could have done something way more interesting. Oh, My man, thing being, thing, it, it, it didn't. I thought it'd been cool if they were like, "How are they tracing this? We don't know." And they're like, maybe there's a spy on board. Uh, not really, but it ended nope. up being Rose. Rose was the spy, and she was like keeping a little tracker, telling them where they're at. That would have been badass. I would yeah, cool be cool with great. that. That would have redeemed that character because the whole character fucking sucks. <laughs> like, it, it does. She was terrible. She had no pointless. reason to be there. No reason. Her reason to be there was for having some weird heartfelt moment when they're on the casino planet and then uh, uh, almost killing Finn when he was trying to save the day, which would have been badass if he actually killed himself to save everyone. I would have liked that. Yeah, it's like self-sacrifice um, of the hero would have been cool. Like, in, yeah, right. even when they introduced Rose, like, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but, like, I just remembered, like, she's like, my sister died. I was like, your sister that we saw for five seconds at the beginning of the movie and no one fucking cares about? <laughs> like, yeah, that one? no. Like, yeah, oh, that man. one. And then we had to have a Yo Mama joke at the beginning. It, it's just a lot of weird little things added up to be a big problem. Whereas the story itself was actually kind of interesting. You know, having them uh, this constant threat of um, their power running out and getting blown up. That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. Uh, everyone having like leave the ship to go do separate things that ultimately they all fell at. Yeah, but that kinda didn't matter. Cool. <laughs> yeah, ultimately it didn't matter. And that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about Endgame or with Infinity War. Ultimately it didn't matter. Everyone failed. And that's kind of interesting. I even, I love how they handled Luke. Because I never, like, I know and I, I agree with people's opinions on it that they felt like you know he was just a grumpy old guy he uh mm. 
didn't do anything like it wasn't the true Luke character. Totally disagree. Luke was nothing but a guy who was charismatic, but had a big issue with emotions. And we see that through the entire trilogy, especially Return of the Jedi. He was he was not a humble, you know, uh, peace loving Jedi. I mean, he was going to just fucking murder his father at the very end and almost did till he caught himself. He yeah, but that a- was that was his weakness of like why he wasn't a full fledged Jedi. Exactly. That's- so why would he be any different after he did a massive fuck up? Basically, almost did the same thing that he almost that he did on Return of the Jedi with killing uh, Adam Driver. I mean, he was doing the same thing. He didn't control his emotions. So why would he be any different on the island? Of course, he's not going to fly out and save the world because he is so guilt ridden and cannot compartmentalize his emotions like a Jedi should because he wasn't really trained like one. He's a normal guy who's (laughs) ultimately not that good of a guy. And I love that about him. Part of it is because at the end of Return of the Jedi, he realized his mistake and that his character was like redeeming himself at the end of it. True, but then he <laughs> like did he, that was did. his step into becoming <laughs> to becoming a true Jedi. <laughs> was the whole point of the movie was like, all right, uh, you know, you're the first one. He's being trained, and the second one, they're like, uh, you know, he gets his real training basically from Yoda, and then he's like, oh, I need to go do this stuff, and they're like, you're not ready. And then in three, it's you know him. Um, He's kind of more sure of himself, but then he goes and sees Yoda and like he gets more advice. And then with his big face off with the Emperor and his Darth Vader is like, okay, it showed he has the power, but his emotions are still not in check. And then like when he's getting ready to kill Vader, he's realizing, oh, my emotions are my weakness. The Emperor's taking advantage of him. I'm I'm about to kill my father. Like, that's his wake-up moment, and when he really becomes a full Jedi in that moment, <laughs> when he realizes that weakness. True. I, I, I see where you're going. You explained that very, very well. That, that, that's actually a really good way of looking at it. Um, oh, shit, man. You just kind of destroyed my <laughs> entire argument. I'm having to sit and rethink now. I, I still I, I, I see understand what you were saying. Yeah, I will th- oh, and I love the way you explained that. That's really good. I'm going to have to really sit and rethink my position on this. I think I just never, I never viewed Luke Skywalker as a full Jedi, like how we see in the prequels. You know, them like with um, Samuel L. Jackson again. Uh, he seemed like a guy who he grew up his entire life to be this. Uh, sit on this equilibrium, you know, be able yeah. to control his his excitement and charisma as well as control his anger and resentment that kind of be completely even killed. If yeah, they did and- anything right about those films, it was a show the Jedi and how they were supposed to be completely yeah, boring and, and lifeless. Yeah, I was just going to say to your point of you never see Luke as a Jedi, it's because he wasn't a Jedi, really. He was a trainee until the very end of the third movie. So it's like I can understand how people wouldn't see him as one. It's because for 98% of the first three movies that he's in, he's not one. Right. And and by (laughs) the time he even receives training, he's already had this you know, big life. I'm assuming he's like in his 20s or so. He's had to deal with a lot of 
shitty situations in his own life that uh, he has these preconceptions that someone like Samuel L. Jackson or Obi-Wan Kenobi would have never had because all they did was grow up in a temple being told how to act this way and be this. So to me, it's just to assume that someone who's only had maybe three years of on and off training in very less than ideal situations while in his early adulthood to be this master calm Jedi person who always makes the right decisions uh, is, is complete fallacy. There's just, there's no way he can be that. So to see him, well, that's the end of the Jedi uh, return of Jedi. He realizes what he did. Uh, but then to expect him to always make those right decisions, which we see he doesn't with how he handled um, uh, Adam Driver, Kylo Ren, you yep. know, that he still struggles. And maybe on top of having this massive weight of supposed to be this all powerful being that he's just not. I love how he handled himself. He he was guilty. He felt like he's done nothing but fuck up. and. You know, we all feel that way. You know, our fuck ups greatly are less than our successes in most cases in our whole life. And you would say the same thing for Luke. He destroyed the Empire, essentially. But in a way, he also kind of created a new one. And I guess you kind of have to weigh the balance on if he was a net positive or a negative. But he views he's a negative, which is why I love so much how he dies. I felt like it was it fit his character so well that he still just he cannot face his fuck ups because ultimately he's not an all powerful Jedi. He's just a guy who's in the right place at the right time and has a lineage that he just cannot live up to. And instead he went the pussy route of projecting <laughs> himself to the point that he has a heart attack or something who knows. But I just yeah. felt like that was such a great way of, of uh, showing his character, but that's me. I don't know if it's right or not. I just felt like it was the most real on how I always pictured Luke, someone who could never truly control his emotions and ultimately guilt is what kind of killed him. Yeah, I would agree with you. If not that he realized his fuck up at the end of the third movie <laughs> yeah. and kind of became a full Jedi when he realized his emotions were his weakness. <laughs> but but all of us don't learn the first time. I know, you know, but like the whole thing is that. And then it's like, I don't like I could understand like uh he feels guilty and stuff about what's happened but the whole point that I think people were saying they're not a Jedi is to let like the guilt consume them to the point where they just go away and say fuck everything like isn't what a Jedi does yeah, but so. I'm still not totally I, I'm still not totally sold that he's a Jedi and also who truly is a Jedi like what's the ranking? <clears throat> You know, at this point, it's because uh, I feel like it, in any other case, like well, I think Luke he's just the top almost, one because he was the only one at that point. Well, right now, at this point, <laughs> he he is the he may he's at least the most powerful one at this point. I think we could definitely say that he he, he is super skilled. Yeah. Uh, mainly he he received good training. He's probably the last one who received any good training. Um, yeah. But yeah, then, but no, the thing I, with the 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 books. Where they just fucking burn them, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, fuck it." <laughs> like, what's stupid? Like, Jedi's value knowledge. Also, they would just burn their fucking books for no reason. <laughs> that was like, uh, but that's was... just part of the guilt. He's just like he he's now maybe projecting that it's not maybe that's a, a coping mechanism that like 
you know, if I was just never a Jedi, if I never became a Jedi, none of this bad stuff would have happened. Yeah, and but the, so he the, just the wants fucking, to destroy it. I guess you could make the argument that it goes into him not being really a Jedi, but I mean, part of the thing with Jedis is like uh, they preserve the past for future generations. They're like a conservationist almost. Like a lot of them, they're like, I'm a Jedi, but like the main thing I do is I'm a gardener or something. Like Jedis have different skills where like right. um, Mace Windu was uh, like the most skilled lightsaber duelist. And uh, I don't remember all the fucking other ones, but like some of them are like librarians, basically. Like just because they're a Jedi, they have other focuses, but all of them, they don't just fucking go like, they're like, oh, this is our ancient knowledge. Yeah, fuck it. Like, I don't <laughs> like who cares? Well, who cares? I, I yeah, I agree. I agree. But um, I would say if you felt like you becoming a Jedi made you almost, uh, well, first of all, have to face your father and ultimately almost kill him and then uh, almost murder your um, relative in their sleep and then pissing him off and making him kill a bunch of other innocent kids, you may have a different perspective on the value of being a Jedi at all. And that that's my thing. Like, he's not thinking logically. And I, it's because I don't think he can think logically because he's he's not in that same mindset as the prior Jedi were because he wasn't in that environment. He's in an environment where there's civil war happening across the galaxy. People are just getting killed by the millions. And, and he just now he's <laughs> yeah, like, like exactly. a Jedi. Exactly. So I, I, yeah, it's it's a fun discussion. I say out of the entire new trilogy, uh, Luke as a character is probably the most fun discussion to have because you could take it so many different ways. Yeah. Um, I just like he's a grumpy old guy who drinks milk and is too scared to face his problems. I That's like how, how I picture sucks him. Sucks on some alien titty. Yeah, he he likes doing that. He he uh, doesn't want to get involved because he's afraid he's going to go kill another kid or something. Uh, you know, it's. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's more interesting than if he was just like, oh, you're right, Ray. I uh, I've been here too long. It's time for me to grab my lightsaber from those little uh, chicken looking things jumping on it and uh, go kill Kylo Ren and chop down a bunch of ATATs. Like I'm like, I want to be like, fuck off, Ray. Get out of here. Dumb bitch. See, I, th I thought it would have been great if he was like Yoda of like uh, he's hiding away because he's waiting on somebody who can kind of bring balance to the force because See, you that, know that would be kind of cool too. Yeah, I that's, agree. That's why I was wanted and then it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man. <laughs> well, and then Ray was awesome. just that's became a Jedi super fast for didn't do any training. <laughs> yeah that's true that's true and that's probably the only thing that somewhat interests me in this one is ray's overall arc although with the past oh, two i'm not totally sold that it's going to be anything interesting if at all i, I think best case scenario it's going to be um uh, what's the word uh uh too schmaltzy to people who want to see her be like an actual like legit person where I like that in uh, the last Jedi was when Re uh, when Rim was like, you're nobody like you, you you're, you're just, you're just a nobody. And I love that because it's 
it, it kind of made her feel more interesting as a person that she's not, you know, like a granddaughter of Obi-Wan Kenobi or or of even Luke himself. She's just a guy who or a girl who was thrown away by her parents. And that's what made that one scene probably the most interesting scene in all of Star Wars was that moment where he was like, join me and let's just let everything just pass away. Let's, let's start fresh. Let's start brand new and make something. I'm like, man. Yeah. yeah, it could have been interesting, but I don't know. I don't know. Of course they didn't, because she's 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 weird and dumb, and I don't really like her as much anymore. But, I'm but fine with her. I just don't think they handle her character well. But no, also it's, I, I, it feels conflicted. It feels like internally they were conflicted on how they yeah. handle her. Like too many decisions were made on the fly compared to all the Marvel characters that felt, you know, not necessarily completely planned out, but felt like some thought went into it. And this just didn't feel that way. And I just remembered something. I remember listening to uh, the podcast episode about this, uh, Just Okay Movies with Biggie Size, um, where uh, (laughs) I remember like uh, (laughs) I got, I had a very heavy disagreement uh, with something you said in the podcast. Uh, where they were bringing up, uh, everyone was talking about how fast Ray just became, like, proficient with a lightsaber, and you said, it's just a sword. It is not just a sword, Biggie! It (laughs) is just a sword! It's not! How is it not? Okay, I want to hear your argument. The whole thing with a lightsaber is it's an extension of you, and, uh, basically it is a, um, showing of your connection to the Force. The whole thing with the lightsaber is like you it's like the force flowing through you to guide your movements. That's the whole thing with the lightsaber is the force guides you in the fight. It's like how they realize like blaster bolts are coming, like their precognitive abilities, all that stuff. And uh, it's not necessarily who's strong in the force, but like they practice with lightsabers to help master the force flow through them in saber combat and stuff. And like, there's different, uh, there's different, um, saber techniques and all this stuff. There's a lot with lightsabers, but it is not just a sword. I just want to no, say, no, I, I, oh boy. Okay. You just opened a <laughs> can of worms. No, it, it is just, it's a, it's not. it is a sword. It's a piece of technology. Now I would agree if in order to make a lightsaber, you first of all could only be connected to the force and maybe somehow it's infused with the force, but it's it not, is. it's a piece. It is. No, it, no. It is when they make it. Well, no, in the historical not. context of lightsabers, it's like a religious ceremony. Like when they go through their training and they have to go like harvest a crystal and like put it together and like infuse it with like their own force. Sometimes like it, it's like, well, a lot of things with Jedi's and stuff is based on like religious shit. So like, putting it together as a religious ceremony almost and like it is they it's part of their training to build one and it's like infused with force no, and that's what makes it theirs the kylo crystals are infused with force i agree with you there but anyone can go into a crystal mine and get one of those it's it's not a <laughs> uh like like you have to like 
personally like turn into the force and go to some realm to get a Kylo crystal or whatever they're called. No, it's a piece of it's got a battery. It's got a crystal and it's housed with metal. Like that's all it is. And we've seen time and time again, people who are not force infused be able to turn on and use a lightsaber. Not well, but that's also yeah, because you, you they were trained turn on in and it. use it. But it's yeah, because but they're not reflexes. Jedi and the forces are flowing through. It's them. reflexes. No. That's all it is. We we learned that with um what's his face? Um uh Anakin Skywalker with the pod racing. He was good because he had the force and he was quick with reflexes. It had nothing the to do with the lightsaber. The force was flowing through him when he was pod racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if if so someone an who, extension who did of the not force. Have, no, <laughs> oh, no, I would almost say it's the person who is the extension of the force, not the lightsaber. Because if that keeping that in mind, they could dodge laser shots if they just move their body. The sword itself is just a tool. They can, and and, and that's mentioned many times. The lightsaber is just a tool. Uh, Yoda says that. No. He he doesn't even care about the lightsaber. He said all the other stuff was more important. Uh, so I I com- I completely disagree. It's a weapon. It's a fancy weapon that was used by Jedi for various reasons because of the reflexes because no one else can move that fast. So the well, lightsaber is pointless. Yeah, I think that's where the confusion is because you say reflexes, but it's not their reflexes. It's the force flowing through them that lets them move that way. Agreed. Agreed. If the force allows them to have fast reflexes, faster than any other being could ever have. I I totally agree with that. They can only achieve that speed because of the force, but they could do all those acts without a lightsaber, which we see time and time again. The lightsaber has no uh, bearing on how connected they are to the force. I mean, we even see freaking Palpatine. He didn't even use a lightsaber most of the time, but he had all of these abilities. So yeah, well, could someone Palpatine else was a, a special case also. Oh, no, no, he's yes, not. He he's just he's a more powerful Jedi. That's all he is. He's more powerful than everyone else. If you want to go was, to the shitty, he was a Jedi that specialized that. in he, he specialized in force magic, but he could use a lightsaber fine because he let the force flow through him so he could use one. Like, well, and I'm not look, saying I'm not saying no one can use it. I'm not saying they can't just flick it on and swing it like a sword. But correct. the mastery of it comes through letting the force flow through you that's agreed that's fucking jedi i agree Lord. with that i agree <laughs> with that i completely agree a jedi with a lightsaber would kick another person even the most skilled swordsman in the universe i believe a jedi with with moderate training could kill that other person with a lightsaber because they are by far more skilled with reflexes with reactions <laughs> with um what was just second sight, whatever you want to call it. I totally agree with that. Precognition. Thank you. But is the sword itself in any way uh, force driven? No, I think it's just a piece of technology that is very, very um, uh, powerful. But for anyone else, a blaster would be the better option. Yeah, because Han Solo can't dodge or, or block you know, things coming at him at the speed of light, you know, like any other bullet. I totally yeah. agree with that. But but I do believe that since Ray had pre-skills, apparently, somehow, with using a staff, 
that I think she could be able to use a sword pretty effectively. She, she, I agree with you that she would be able to just use a lightsaber and probably beat most people. She should not have been able to beat Kylo Ren with it. <laughs> is the but she, point. But the only way she was able to do it was because of the Force. You know, but at that moment she had they that get good on. at it, but like they practice with the lightsaber to practice channeling the Force. It's not like they're just practicing with a regular sword. They're practicing, you know, like having the force go through them when they're doing the movements. It's so they can get used to it. So, sure. like the thing with her, like it's a very minimal training montage. And then she's able to just beat the main bad guy who's been practicing with it since he was a kid, basically, is the issue, I think. So well, it shows I, like she is yeah. incredibly strong with just minimal training, like Luke basically didn't even tell her anything at this point. So it's like she's either like the most uh, powerful Jedi who's ever lived or the movie's bullshit. (laughs) It's one of those two. (laughs) Well, I agree. For that argument, there are a lot of unknowns. Like, we don't know how well-trained even Kylo Ren was. We have no idea. We never saw any moments where he was receiving training or maybe uh, a bald guy on the, you know, on the chair just didn't even give two shits about a lightsaber. I was just like, yeah, just swing it around. Who cares? But Uh, I I just imagine, you know, he was at the Jedi Academy with Luke before, so he probably had some practice with it, or at least he had a practice with like a, like they, I think they use like sticks basically before they get lightsabers. to practice the movements and stuff with and then he's been with snoke who's probably uh who i think said completed his training or was going to complete his training in the first movie so you've got you can at least say okay he's had training his whole life basically from when he was a kid up to now and then ray who is like i swung it at a rock a couple times and then i sat here and levitated some more rocks and now I can beat this guy? Like, come on. Maybe he just sucks. Maybe he's just not very good. <laughs> Maybe, but like, he can't suck because he was he was strong enough as a kid to kill like all the other Jedis in the Academy. And yeah, blow they were just a bunch of babies. <laughs> like they were all shit except for him? <laughs> yeah, like he was actually shit, but they were <laughs> shittier, which is saying something. <laughs> I guess, like that's another possibility. (laughs) Or maybe we've been talking about movies for over an hour. Maybe he was the oldest one, and like they were just like, "Hey, we! Oh my god!" (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing green fire at him or whatever the fuck he was doing. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Maybe he was the only actual like kid, and the rest of them were just little babies. Who knows? But yeah, I I I agree with you there. I, I disagree with the fact that I. Anyone can use a lightsaber, whether or not if they're actually good with using it, Jedi's most definitely have an advantage. Um, but uh, could could a potential like masterclass swordsman just kill like someone who maybe is force adept and maybe can do a couple of simple things? I'd say maybe. Yeah, they could probably out outskill them, but you know, taking the best swordsman against the best Jedi, oh, they're they're murdered because there's just so many things missing from their arsenal. Man, I've I've got a couple quotes for you, uh, for right now. Okay, um, okay. First one's Obi Wan Kenobi. 
This was the formal weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. More skill than simple sight was required for its use. <laughs> ah, my nose stopped up. An elegant weapon. It was a symbol as well. Anyone can use a blaster or a fusion cutter, but to use a lightsaber well was a mark of someone a cut above the ordinary. Alright, that was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Second sure, quote sure. was, I think, from a book, so I guess you could use the argument that the books aren't canon anymore because Disney. But... An essential rite of passage for young Jedi is the Gathering. In the Gathering, youngs go to the frigid ice world, Illum, where they search for kyber crystals to build their first lightsabers. The crystals are located in the planet's crystal cave, an intimidating maze, and call out to the Jedi they are in tune with. Once the correct crystal has been found, younglings rendezvous with Huyang, an, an ancient droid who chooses the parts necessary to build a lightsaber with everything in place, Younglings complete the ritual by constructing their Jedi weapons through the graceful use of the Force. Could you repeat that last sentence? Uh, with everything in place, younglings complete the ritual by constructing their Jedi weapons through the graceful use of the Force. Okay. Okay, so Force is used there. To uh, put it together, to use it. Not to just I turn just, it on and swing it around, but to actually use it correctly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I buy the the graceful use of the force part. But okay, I'll I'll let I'll let it lie. Uh, I, I as think for, even if I remember correctly, like when they're putting it together, they don't just like put it together with their hands. Like they sit in like a meditative position and like put the parts together with their mind. Which I guess you could just say the force, but like. The force guides them in the correct way to put it together. It's very much a symbol of a force user is the lightsaber. Yeah, but I still think you could just make a factory and just put all that shit together. I mean, it's you can it's, actually because the Sith do that. They ha they make synthetic crystals and they kind of bypass the whole shit, which is <laughs> so like, but that's the evil side of the force. Like it takes out the symbolism of it. Oh yeah, but you know what's truly evil and good? It's all—it's all semantics. The people who blew up the planets—they're <laughs> the oh, evil. Maybe ones. the planet deserved it. I don't know the situation. Oh, victim blaming. Uh, victim blaming. But no, I—I I agree with Obi Wan's quote there. That you know, unless you are just really, really good with a sword, you should probably take a gun. Like, and we see yeah. that with any. You know, even in our own history, people who are with swords going against people with the guns are going to have a very bad day uh, unless somehow you're able to block bullets with your sword, which no one except for maybe some either very lucky people or very higher level people could do. I totally agree with that. Completely agree with that. Um, so, yeah, no, no good quotes. <laughs> We've been talking about movies for like over an hour. I feel like I should fun. just be on the movie podcast sometimes, maybe. <laughs> like if Guido doesn't want to do it, I can just come over there. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'll let you know. <laughs> no, it's a fun discussion. No, it's it's that's what's so great about all this crap is, you know, you could change this, flip the script, change the story of any of these universe and just say, oh, at the very least have a what if, you know, it's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were originally talking about with Star Wars. Oh, it's the episode nine trailer, which our discussion will be oh. far more interesting than the film itself. 
Yeah, I don't have much uh, much to say about it. I really, I don't know. I'm I'm just not interested in uh, really seeing how they wrap it up because I nope. dislike nope the last one so much. So nope, I, I'm don't, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I can't say I'm not going to go watch it. I, am I going to? This is the one where I'm like, if I got something more interesting going on that weekend, I'll probably go do that and then see it later. Like I, I don't know if I'm going to be really marking my calendar blocking stuff yeah. out like i just unless something else comes out that sounds kind of interesting about it and eh, well, whatever it's it's a star wars movie i'm i'm not all that crazy about it anymore yeah i'll watch it i'll just i'm not gonna go out of my way to see it yeah, yeah but uh, eh, we'll see yeah we'll see maybe maybe people will say it's great i don't know uh yeah. let's talk about a little bit of news <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this pretty much happened, uh, as soon as the podcast came out, like, two weeks ago, this story broke, so it's a little bit dated at this point, but I'm gonna talk about it anyway, because it's big. Uh, there were some PlayStation 5 details kind of came out. Uh, there was an exclusive kind of interview and showing with Wired, uh, where they got some, like, an early look at the PS5, and they got some exclusive information on it, um, from Sony. So, this one isn't rumors, it's, like, what's actually going on. And, uh, some pretty interesting stuff. Um, big points. Uh, they said it is capable of up to 8K. Um, Ooh. yeah, so that could be great. Uh, it will have ray tracing technology built in. It's going to have AMD uh, card and CPU, which is weird because AMD cards, even the ones for a computer right now, don't have ray tracing, but I guess for the PS5, they're doing it. Uh, it's going to have an SSD, um, which they demonstrated the uh, power of their SSD by playing Spider-Man um, and uh, load screen that usually takes 15 seconds. They tested on this one and it took 0.8 seconds. So massively wow. improved loading times and stuff like that. Uh, they also said uh, backwards compatible with the PS4. Here. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited like based on the things they said. Um, I don't think it'll do true 8K. I kind of don't believe him on that one. It's kind of like when they right. said the PS4 Pro can do 4K, but really it's like 2K kind of, and then it's like stretched out almost. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But Agreed. I, think that, I think that this one will be able to do 4K 60 FPS. I think that's got to be like the minimum for the new generation. Absolutely. Yeah, we have got to. Yeah, I don't do not believe the 8K at all. Maybe for first party titles only. Uh, I don't think it's worth it for third-party titles to um, put themselves through whatever that whatever they would have to go to to achieve that. Because they're I mean, not only are they developing for PlayStation, they also got to do it for Xbox, and we don't know what those specs are going to look like. Um, I mean, it's the same situation we've ran in. It, it seems like almost every generation we've run into. It's always a slight when it comes to visuals, more so resolution. It's always a step behind what they claim. You know, yeah. for uh, Xbox One and PS4, they were saying uh, 1080p, 60 frames per second. 
that was basically just for first party titles. It ended up being everyone else was 720p, yeah, it's, it's maybe 620. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I agree with you. All of it sounds good, uh, except for, yeah, I'm not holding my breath for 8K, and I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah, if I think at least mean, go to 4K, that's fine. Uh, my biggest thing is it need you need to be hitting that 60 frames. There's At this point, there's not much, there's not a good reason not to, unless it's just a style issue. Yeah. The 30 uh, frames are very noticeable to me. Like, I can't do it. Like, even with the PS4 Pro, it's like, okay, you can have, like, the 2K, or which we call the 4K, which isn't, isn't actually a 30 FPS, or you can have 1080p at 60. I pick, I don't even switch it to the fucking higher resolution. I want the higher frame rate every time. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's, you know, I was always not super crazy when, when we were going through the ps3 ps4 you know 360 one era uh i was never all that crazy about the oh, the man. 30 frames and 60 frames FPS. yeah and i was fine with that but it's now <laughs> become much more of a norm especially on pc where you're going 60 plus in most cases unless it's capped that uh it, it is starting to get a bit jarring the jump between the two so i think 60 it's it's that's got to be the benchmark for even third party titles, or else I'm wondering what in the world are they doing? Yeah, I, I just don't. Yeah, I think the PS3 and 360 era was the worst era in gaming. If I'm honest, it was like it was like 720p, which looked fine at the time, but like I hate 30 FPS games. Like they they just feel like they're chugging along the whole fucking time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, that that's such an interesting generation. Apart from being one of the longest generations to date, um, I guess uh, mainly due to financial crisis, uh, I think they were just too scared to keep pushing forward. So we had a real long generation with 360 and PS3. Uh, yeah. But it's also just fascinating. I think what other things that kept it interesting was the rise of uh, digital distribution and online play, like how... I was thinking about that when uh, I was looking at the dock was the 360. I picked it up at launch and it just Mm -hmm. blew my mind just how integrated uh, online marketplace was as well as just online gaming on console in general (laughs) compared to previous generations where I almost felt it was very game centric where now it was console or platform centric, which was just so wonderful and just kept getting better and better. And uh, I think that was enough to keep me preoccupied where now it's it's the norm on both consoles. So now we really need to start focusing more on performance. And I think that yeah. was the, the saddest thing with this generation was it was not reaching the levels we were promised. We were still, as you said, still stuck in 720p, maybe getting 60 frames per second on these consoles when uh, we really should have seen slightly better than that. Yeah, and then uh, PS4 and Xbox One came out at a weird time because they came out and it was everything was still 1080p focused, but everyone, like, that's... They came out basically as the jump to 4K was happening. Yeah. And then that's yep. why they had to do the half steps with, like, the Pro and the One uh, X. Right. Where they were like, oh, we 4K, we need it, because everyone has a fucking 4K TV now. Like, no one even buys 1080p anymore. Exactly. And, um... Yeah, so I think since they know that's the standard and it's been the standard for like four or five years, kind of, I think they'll be able to do 60 FPS at that. And, 
Yeah, I think the AK is just like a kind of lip service future proof thing where it's probably not going to be true 8K. Yep. Yeah. Um, if, if it's going to be, it'll be first party only. Yeah. And um, a couple other things I'm worried about, like uh, the SSD, I think is necessary. Uh, I think that's good because one thing that has been a complaint on this generation has been load times for games, like especially if you have something like The Witcher 3 or something where the load times, I think, were like over a minute. Um, like a SSD is necessary, but also SSDs um, are expensive uh, for space. Uh, well, uh, how do I say that? The more space you have, uh, the cost of an SSD goes up exponentially. And so, I mean, now you have some games like Red Dead Redemption 2 that was over 100 gigabytes that I'm kind of worried about how much the PS5 is going to cost and, like, sure. how much space that the SSD is going to have. Like, if it's just a terabyte, like, that's almost not enough. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> so. Completely. I, I, that's my concern as well is the reason these load time stuff have become such a problem is because these games have grown dramatically in size. Yeah, so fucking uh, big now. It is, Especially you if, normally, if you're going to have 4K resolutions and shit. Like correct, native. correct. Yeah, and you know, you really do not see a game that's under 30 to 40 gigs. Uh, and that's before any um, first day... Uh, updates, which has yeah. become very common, which could add another 10 to 20 gigs just depending on how substantial it is. So you're most time talking a 60 gig game just for a simple like Call of Duty game or something. Mm. Uh, and even larger, like what you said with like Elder Scrolls or Red Dead Redemption, any of those, you're talking 100 gigs. And you're right, one terabyte is not going to cut it. Uh, but we also are going to need faster speeds if we're going to talk about more uh, buildable load times. So you're right, it's a complete conundrum. Um, yeah. I would say ideally you're going to go SSD two terabytes or bust. It's, it's just or that or find some way of compressing these game sizes yet not uh, destroying the audio and visual fidelity. Yeah, and I don't know how they're going to do that. Like. We'll see. I mean, I think they know they can't release it too expensive also. Or people aren't going to buy yes. it. So, like, what's I'd their compromise going to be? 400 bucks. I can, unless, um, I think that's got to be the base. I don't think they can go much higher than that. Even if they I, do a tiered system. I could see five, uh, but, yeah. If they want to do, yeah, you're right, like with a special edition. If that's the one they want to throw two terabytes on, then I'm I'm okay with that. But if if they're talking, you know, five hundred dollars for a one terabyte system, uh, that's that's asking a bit much. Unless you're going to give me something free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we'll see. I mean, the details are interesting. Uh, the big thing I'm excited for uh, potentially with the PS5 is backwards compatibility, uh, because you know they said they confirmed it's backwards compatibility or backwards compatible with the four which is good because uh, there's still games on 4 that I like and I don't want to have to have multiple systems hooked up. But um, there's rumor that's been going around and they didn't confirm or deny it in the interview is that the PlayStation 5 might be backwards compatible with all PlayStations. Right. I'd heard so, that. I really hope that is. That's a 
that's, that's a sell for me. Yeah, that me too. Like if that is true, that is like a day one buy for me because right now I have a fucking PS2, PS3, and PS4 all hooked up. And if I can just replace them all with one console, that would be great. Especially if it does like what Xbox One does, where like um, they're backwards compatible stuff. Like uh, you can take like uh, original Xbox game and put it on a One X and it uh, like updates the textures and shit. Like they've got like a really cool backwards compatibility kind of system in that where it basically, it doesn't have the hardware necessarily for it, but you put it in and it reads the disc. And then, like, they've worked with developers to get the assets so they'll, like, upgrade the game, basically, to make it even better on, like, uh, 1X. Like, you can play original Xbox games in, like, 4K. So, if they do something like that for, like, original PlayStation games, or, like, I I doubt they would... um, they wouldn't have, like, a curated list like the uh, Xbox, maybe. But, like, if they could just... Yeah, if they could just get everything on one system, like, that is a sell for me more than anything else. Like, I want that. Agreed. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I want it so bad. <laughs> uh, also in the news... um. Speaking a bit about EverQuest, uh, there's an emulator server called Project 1999. Uh, some people may have heard of it before, but it's basically the most prominent uh, EverQuest emulator server. So that means it's free and run by a third party, not uh, Sony or I guess Daybreak at this point. Um, and they do classic EverQuest. And when people say classic, that means EverQuest... Uh, and the first two expansions, so Ruins of Kunark and Scars of Velius, uh, is what people consider to be classic. And so a lot of people, that's kind of like the golden age of EverQuest. Like, after that, like, some of the expansions are good, but, like, it's, like, most people don't even know what the fucking later ones are because it just kind of fell off. Um, so a problem that P99 is having is that they are very top-heavy right now because they have existed for a long time. Uh, they had original out for years, and then they had this uh, first expansion. It was, like, on the first expansion for, like, five years or something while they messed with code and got everything right. And then uh, it's on Velius, the, la- or the second expansion right now, and it's just kind of staying there. And so one thing, you've got people that are just, like, they're at the end, They've done everything. People have been calling. They're like, okay, you need to, like, this server's been active for, like, years and years. And we've done it all. We need a reset or something. (laughs) So uh, they have announced, uh, it's called the Green Server. Uh, It's due out in October, I think, of this year. And basically, it's going to be a new server by them. Uh, All the expansion stuff is going to come out in, like, real time, like, how it came out originally because they have all the assets and stuff right now. So like uh, the original game came out and then like a year or something later, Kunar came out. So that's when they're going to release it. They're going to patch things at the same time. It's going to follow the exact same timeline or timeline of how it originally was. And so they're like, we're going to have it. We're going to go up to Velius. We're going to leave it there for a little while. Then we're moving all the characters on the server. Probably, well, they think, 
that's what they might do. We're getting, they're going to move all the characters over to the original server that they have, where that's been out forever, and then we're going to start the server over. So it's got like basically a three, three and a half year life cycle on the server. So uh, that's pretty cool. That is cool. It's very interesting. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like uh, I play on the progression servers like now, like I was talking about last week. And while the progression servers have a lot of quality of life improvements, there's also a lot of things like, um, like Daybreak, the company that owns it, does not have the assets of like some original areas anymore. So like there's a whole like starting city and like starting zones and stuff that are not the original zones. So you can't really get that kind of classic feel in a lot of places and like a bunch of like the early quests you can do, they just like bottomed out the experience that you get so there's just nothing. So they're not even worth doing and stuff like that. Where these emulator servers really try to go for everything how it was. Like they want it to be how it was. So like some of these things, like they rebuild the assets and stuff from the ground up. Like it's crazy this work they do. And so yeah, if like if you wanna if you wanna go to Freeport, which is one of the human cities, uh on the progressive uh server, it's a new city. It's not the old one. And so like if you want that feeling of when you go in there with like the classic music playing and stuff and like the same layout that you know, then you can't do it <laughs> unless you go to these uh. emulator servers. So yeah, like I played P99 for a while and like I ran into that problem that they're having where it's just top heavy and like, it's like everyone's fucking done everything. There's nothing left to discover on the server. And you know, it's an old game. People know about it. They go through content quick. And when you've had the same content for like eight years, basically, then yeah, you're just going to run that problem. People have done it. So, like, them having a server that's on, like, a life cycle, I think is a good idea. Sure. Sure. No, that cool. is... Yeah. No, that's very interesting. I, I find that whole project to be very, very fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot of people that make, like, uh, classic EverQuest, like, servers. Uh, there's one right now, I think... Uh, oh, man, I've been following it for years. I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, EQ Classic that is literally remaking the entire game with like input from like uh, players. Uh, they're like, does anyone know exactly how this worked or whatever at this time period? And like, they're yeah, they're just remaking the whole thing to get everything correct because they don't want to rely on anyone else's like files because. Like I said, the uh, the live company doesn't have that stuff anymore. So it, it's just crazy, the shit they do. And of course, they've been in development for fucking 10 years, probably. So who knows? Uh, that's enough EverQuest talk. No one cares about EverQuest except me. <laughs> <laughs> me and maybe Guido and Sweaty Heart, I think. But I don't even know. I don't even think they listen to the podcast, so it doesn't matter. It's just me oh. talking to myself. <laughs> Uh, also in the news, uh, Rick Fox is leaving Echo Fox over some racist comments that were made by a shareholder. Uh, yeah, I was reading about this. I, that's weird. 
Yeah, because the whole reason it's called Echo Fox is because of Rick Fox. So if right. he's leaving, I was like, that's weird. Maybe they can find someone else named Fox. Hmm. Um, hmm. Someone else named Fox. Megan Fox. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be imagine, nice. Imagine I, Megan Fox owning an esports league. I, I actually am kind of speechless. I don't really know what I think about it. What is the worst person you can think of? Uh, aside from like mass murderers and <laughs> rapists and stuff, like just the worst celebrity you can think of to that would uh, own an esports organization. Well, uh, they could also get Michael J. Fox, and the uh, esports team is uh, uh, people who are suffering with uh, uh, Parkinson's. Parkinson's. I think they may not place too well. Just a hunch. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, good idea, though. Not a bit. Uh, they could have a Special Olympics-type esports league, and he could do that. Yeah, yeah. Now, that would be cut, that'd be, be pretty cool. I could see a big market for that. Like we talked about before, you know, there's been a lot of people who have had to handle disabilities yet perform very well in, um, in tournaments and stuff like that. You know, Halo probably being the biggest showcase when Halo 2 was massive. You know, people having to deal with uh, adversities yet doing yeah. very, very well. So, yeah, could see a, a market for that. Yeah, I saw someone beat uh, Sekiro with uh, Donkey Kong bongos. It just <laughs> blows my mind. Know, Absolutely blows I my fucking mind. have the patience to do that. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> I think the worst person to own an esports league would be Nicolas Cage. Ooh, please explain. Uh, it's Nicholas Cage. I don't know. I don't think oh, it needs okay, explanation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he had like some breakdown gotta, recently gotta where go he got married for like he got married for two days and got a divorce already, and then a video came yeah. out of him online singing karaoke or something. Oh boy! Oh, that sounds that sounds gnarly. Just imagine him wandering around like he has this esports league like in his castle that he owns, and he's just wandering <laughs> around fucking drunk all the time. Like yelling at the players. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. I like it. I like it. That's, that's a fun visual. <laughs> uh, back to back to the story. We got off Trump. Um, uh, so apparently, there's not too much to this. Some shareholder apparently. Well, I guess this is weird. Uh, he was like part of an email chain, and he said the N word in the email chain. Okay, that was, so that's how it was. Okay, I was because I was wondering how he found out about it. At least, I guess the article I read wasn't very, very clear. I'd read about it earlier, and uh, so it was in the email chains when that was mentioned. Yes, this is the statement released. Uh, blah blah blah. Uh, who was not an employee, officer, or director of Echo Fox used a racial epithet towards individuals both verbally and via email. One mm. such incident was detailed in media accounts today, and although this is not directed towards employee officer members or shelter holder of like Fox, racial intolerance, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I read somewhere it was an email chain. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. I'm not going to read the whole article again. But, well, it kind of makes you wonder, I mean, for someone to go that far, and I don't know in what co any context is terrible, uh, but 
in what context was it said? Like, is there major uh, financial issues where this shareholder is upset and how it's being managed? Uh, what's going on? Because that just seems like a a big nuclear option for them to start saying stuff like that. If you know, if there was nothing bad going on, as I said, uh, anyway, saying it's terrible, but it just seems like a major. Uh, step up in language to, to be saying something like that. Yeah, this is uh, what it says. Uh, according to Lewis, who is the reporter who originally reported on it, the racist remarks came from an investor at Vision Venture Partners, the private equity firm that owns Echo Fox, in which Rick Fox is a founding partner. The member allegedly used the N-word to refer to Jace Hall, former CEO of Echo Fox and current head of the esports website Twin Galaxies, which uh, VVP also owns, uh, in an email exchange related to internal business dispute. Ah, uh, so, okay. Money's uh, uh, on the line somewhere. Yeah, I, I guess, but I think it's weird just because, like, even if you're, like, an old racist guy, like, surely you're smart enough to not, like, leave it in paperwork and writing, right? <laughs> like, Yeah. That's, like, yeah, just that- asking to get caught. Exactly. No, that the whole situation's very, very strange. Um, and I guess who knows how long this has actually been going on. But it's just a, just a very weird story, a very sad story. You know yeah. that it's got a something like that's got to happen. Yeah, it's just weird that happened. And then uh, Rick Fox released like an official statement saying he doesn't want to be associated with anything like that, so he's stepping out of the organization. Um. Yeah, that kind of makes me uh, still I'm going to preface in saying that any use of (laughs) derogatory terms like that is completely uh, never called for and definitely don't condone. But I'm sure he has heard worse uh, in his time to become a uh, an actor. Uh, He's an actor as well and a business person. So I just also wonder if there's something else going on behind the scenes and this is could potentially just be a uh, way to get out of out of it. Uh, not that I wouldn't agree with him if he's feeling threatened and or um, insulted by it. I would totally agree with him there, but I just it's just such a strange story and a strange situation that there just could be more behind it that maybe we just don't see at the moment. I'm, uh, I'm fascinated uh, to hear that, but I also do completely agree with his decision if uh you know either if he wanted to stay or leave uh because he'd be offended and or felt unsafe in that environment totally agree with him there yeah uh in his statement he's well i'll just read his statement uh the recent outrageous and abhorrent display of pure racism made by a significant echo fox shareholder as well as threats to my family have made it impossible for me to continue to remain associated with the company so the what what is the threats to his family like where did that come from i totally is that just like is that like salty players like what is that i haven't even heard of it yeah i that hadn't heard either i'm happy you brought that part back up so i read (laughs) that as well that uh i wasn't sure if he was also saying that either these same figures have been making threats i can't imagine i could see salty players or salty fans or anything like that I i could totally see that happening but uh yeah, it's just a, it's just a strange, sad situation. 
It is. That's just like if it's coming from like a major shale, uh, shareholder, like that is so crazy to me. Because like even if you feel that way, like even if like you're that much of a piece of shit, I guess like. And in an email, like unwritten it down, <laughs> like that's just right. it's like, do you not have any awareness? Like, is I don't know. It's so weird. Like, it's one of those it things is. that it's almost too hard to believe because it's like so out there that like agreed. Like, uh, oh, uh, totally agree. Man, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just I don't even know what to say. It's just so fucking strange. But yeah, it does suck that uh Rick Fox is stepping out. Uh, well. That's good for him, you know. Just well, I mean, get out of that situation. If you're just not feeling, well, when it. I, I I say sucks is him stepping kind of out of esports. I see because like I thought he was brought like a lot of legitimacy to it. Yeah, he seemed to you know Echo Fox. I don't know in their other games, but League, you know, they always seem like to be a, a top contender. And he always I always heard favorable stuff about him and management, but you know maybe there's just you know. This yeah. on top of maybe some other things that have been going on, it's just made him want to make this decision. And you know, still, you know, you shouldn't have to work and feel unsafe or threatened by either race or gender or whatever. Get get out of that situation, man. It's just not worth yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. I just I hope he joins some other organization. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jump jump in on uh oh <laughs> man, who's who's sucking right now? Uh oh, Golden Gate know. Warriors? I, I think they're sucking. I haven't, I haven't kept up with league like at all, so I have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. I watch like the first two weeks, and then I just don't really care that much anymore. Yeah, I didn't even know Bjorkson had a beard until like I, I tuned in like the other week, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And people were like, "Yeah, it's, he's had it for like a year." Oh, oh wow! I can't picture that. Yeah, I have to go on there and uh, look. Bjorkson now. Oh, <laughs> that's that's very creative. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't know that uh, Jensen had left uh, Cloud Nine until I was like, "Who's this mid laner?" Did he? And I, I didn't know that. Left. <laughs> I didn't know yeah, until you just to, told me. He went to Team Liquid with uh, Double Lift. What the fuck? Yeah, See, I know it's weird oh, because I liked uh, Sneaky and Jensen's bromance. I always thought they were just so cute, especially like since they were just little bee babies when they first started doing this. And now they just look a little older. And it's just I, I don't like them not being on the same team anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just I, I like uh, Rick Fox. I never watched him in the NBA. He just like uh, he would always watch out for his players. And like when people were like, oh, you should bench this person, blah, blah, blah. He'd He'd step out and be sure to say, like, he's like, no, like, uh, you know, these things happen. We're going to give him another chance. And, like, uh, yeah, he just seemed like a good owner, good, like, coach, like, good life coach to the players and stuff. So, right. yeah, I hope he just goes somewhere else. Sure. And uh, sucks that it's happening to him. Uh, I think that's about it for the news. Not too much going on, really. Uh, yeah. Uh... When's your next movie podcast, Biggie? It, it will I haven't be seen this Wednesday. Yeah, okay. yeah. Took a sl small break, uh, but yeah, we'll be back uh, this Wednesday with in game. 
All right. That's uh, just okay movies. Go to justokaymovies.com. That's where you can find out where to listen to it if you're searching for a movie podcast. Although, the, as you said, the first about hour was a movie podcast on here, but I enjoyed <laughs> yeah. every minute of it. Try not to cough my lungs out. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you, Biggie. Sure. What's up? I seem to remember almost a year ago, I sent a list of movies over. And you haven't watched a single one of them. Oh, God, you're you're completely <laughs> right. I know it. And that's like what we had done was we had mapped out just a shit ton of films. And then we just kept on like, I was like, OK, so we've got all these films coming up. We're going to do them. Now, like, I've also got these lists of other user requested films. I'm going to put those in. <laughs> then we kept on being like, oh, this this film's come out. We really need to talk about that. Like, OK, yeah, let's do that. We just got we just have a backlog. We just got to knock out because we have so many good films that we're that have been mentioned to us and we need to go through. And uh, so, yes, I do sincerely apologize. <laughs> My whole plan and the the whole reason I even invited you on the show was to ask you that. Because <laughs> I want you to watch Riccio. I know. I actually, um, I watched a, a little bit of it. I, I had to stop and take care of something, but I was loving what I was seeing. And uh, it was quite fascinating movie. <laughs> it's like the best worst movie I've ever seen, and I love it. And oh, I, just- I can totally see it. That's one of those where I, I I would I would love to have fucking all the guys watch that because I could just imagine like Wally watching that movie, oh <laughs> just like talking about how fucking ridiculous it is. <laughs> like, um, I want another like Battlefield Earth episode from you guys. I think that was I my favorite it. one from the podcast. That one was my favorite. That was just a uh, oh Battlefield Earth. It's got such a soft spot <laughs> in my heart. Like I. Watching that film, I'll never, I'll never forget going to my friend's house, and he was just like, "Hey, you hadn't seen Battlefield Earth before?" I'm like, no, I always heard it was bad, but you know, I never knew anything else about it. He's like, "Oh, let's sit and watch it." And I could have swore that first twenty minutes, it was a joke movie. Like he just put on <laughs> something else just, just to make me think it was Battlefield Earth. Like, there's no way, there's no way this movie's this bad. But then when finally, um. Oh shit! What's his name? Uh, oh, I just totally forgot his name. John Travolta shows yeah. up in that hilarious outfit. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, they were all right." This is a <laughs> terrible movie. I fucking I had the VHS of Battlefield Earth when I was young, <laughs> and Dude. I remember watching it multiple times. Unironically, I you know as a kid I was like when I heard this movie was coming out I was like. This is kind of cool. Of course, it's got everything you want. Alien explosions, uh, that that uh, late 90s, early 2000s sci-fi action. I was like, this is cool. But then I heard it flopped in theaters. I'm like, oh, well, okay, whatever. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm a deservingly. Yeah, deservingly it flopped. It, it is a very bad movie. But oh boy, you learn a lot of lessons of what not to do. <laughs> and and just, you're entertained the whole time. There is not a moment in that movie that I was not entertained. Like, there's just always something. You're like, someone wrote that down. Like, someone made a document of some sort and said, we want John Travolta to shove a rat in this guy's (laughs) face. 
Like that's something was on paper and they got paid to write that down. And um, it's great. It's great. (laughs) It's a wonderful movie. It's just like I get like that movie is like just pure entertainment. It's just it's stupid trash, but it's so entertaining. And I feel the same way about like Ricky O. Like I've seen Ricky O so many times. Like I've seen it in different languages. <laughs> like, I've seen it, like I've seen it in like uh, the original language, which I think is Chinese. Then I've seen it like a like a Taiwanese like overdub, and I've seen it in English. And like it doesn't even matter what language it's in. It's like it always is just like a fucking train wreck that you can't stop watching. And I fucking love it. <laughs> I love that movie. I might watch it after this because it's so funny. Like Very and it nice. takes. Oh, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's great. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, my plugs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter secondhand gamers. I thought about deleting my Twitter. I don't really get much out of it, but I, I guess I should probably keep it for podcast and YouTube reasons. Um, I'm on Twitch. Uh, MNT underscore Sage. YouTube. I got a bunch of them. Secondhand Gamers, Secondhand Reactions, Mountain Sage. Uh, emails. Uh, no one sent us any emails, I don't think. No, I don't believe so. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, if you want to send us a voicemail, if you want to send an email where you tell me to go fuck myself, whatever you want to do, second, uh, secondhandgamers2 at gmail.com. You can find all the stuff that we just said in the description for the podcast. Uh... Biggie, remember to add your stuff to the document so I can copy paste it over. <laughs> Will do. Will do. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for the pod. I thought this was a good episode. Two and a half hours almost. <laughs> Holy moly. A lot of nonstop, hard hitting commentary from the Mountain Sage and the Biggie. You yeah. know, you can always expect that. We need a duo name Biggie Ooh. Sage. Biggie Mountain Sage. Size. Mount, ooh, mountain size is pretty good. It flows real well. Yeah, and it's also a descriptor for something very large. True. Uh, <laughs> true, yes, yes, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Bye, everybody. All right, see ya.